Hi, and welcome to episode six of Starting Nowhere. I'm your host, Brandon. Today, my guest is Anthony Bellafimini, but you may know him better by his other name, Cousin Anthony from Cake Boss. We talk about how he got started on the show and what the experience of filming that was like. We also talk about some of the stories from the crazy nights out we've had. Lastly, we have some discussions about our political disagreements and discussions about where we think the world is and where it should go. As always, for those of you who don't like foul language, please be aware that Anthony and I do swear from time to time in this conversation. I hope you enjoy this episode. All right, and we are live. So thank you very much, sir, for joining me today. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, because I got a bunch of names for you, but not too many of them are good to uh, put on <laughs> a recording. So tell everybody who you are and tell them a little bit about yourself. So obviously you're talking about nicknames, then I'll just go ahead and start with that. Uh, yeah. You guys all at the gym and uh, you actually, like we were just saying, you learned really late actually. Uh, and I'm sure we'll get into that, but uh, I'm Antonio Bellafemini uh, at the gym. They all call me Cake Boss because I was on the show for six seasons. So uh, I'm sure that, uh, I'm sure Brandon's interested in hearing about that. Um, but uh, so Brandon and I have known each other for shit, I would say, six, seven years now. Uh, Brandon traveled with the military, um, but you know, our relationship's always been pretty good, uh, obviously on and off, but uh, we met each other through martial arts, uh, specifically uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and Muay Thai down here in Tampa, Florida. Um, I'm originally from New Jersey, and uh, you know, that ties in with Cake Boss and all that, because that's where that took place actually. Um, but uh, yeah, that's a little bit about me. Uh, I'm sure we'll elaborate a little bit more on it. Just to show how shitty of a friend I am, one of the first questions I wanted to ask you is how to say your last name. Because I've read it a million times, but I'm not going around saying it every day. So I had no idea how to say it. And thankfully, you answered that question pretty early on. That's pretty awesome. Yes. So, but, well, what, what were you going to say? What were you thinking? Oh, bro, it's going to be bad. It's I've heard them all. Bella Femine? I don't know. I got nothing. That's close. That's close. It's actually yeah. Belli Femina in Italian. Okay. I'm not, I'm not going to do... Uh, I, I've been to Italy all of once, so I'm not going to do anybody a disservice and try to pronounce anything in uh, Italian. I don't want to be that guy who speaks like this, you know, but then he goes to order uh, something in like Mexican or something like that. And he's all of a sudden he speaks Spanish. He's rolling the R's. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, just say it, man. It's a goddamn taco. Don't, don't make this complicated. <laughs> but more of a burrito uh, guy. Uh, burritos, dude. I can't. I, I tell you what, like when Chipotle really started first, like getting big and everybody's eating burritos, I got a burrito bowl. I've, I've had a Chipotle burrito, maybe twice burrito bowls all day. Oh, well, if you see the, the narrative changes at Chipotle, totally <laughs> but you got to get the burrito on the side. You got to get the tortilla on the side. Yeah. Well, I see. I don't do that either. I do the chips, man. I do it like a straight up, like uh, dip style. I eat it with the chips. I don't even touch a spoon or anything. I ain't like even chips. mad at you, bro. Yeah. Eat it. Eat it how you like it, baby. <laughs> So again, being another, uh, just again, showing the level of my stupidity when it comes to my friends, like you said, we've known each other for fucking forever. It feels like, long and, uh, I didn't know you were on the show for that long. I thought you yeah. were only on it for like one or two seasons. Something I didn't realize you'd been on it for that freaking long, dude. That's nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Six seasons, man. It was, it takes about a year. Uh, um, yeah, I would say about a year per, uh, per season to film. Hmm. It's about a week per episode. So, and then, you know, actually season one, they, uh, they ordered, well, I guess, I guess we could start from the beginning kind of, right? Um, so we'll start from, I guess, how I got involved. So I was actually working at a bakery in town 
uh, in my town in East Hanover, New Jersey. And uh, like another bakery, because it was just close to high school. And um, there was no speaking of a show, nothing like that. Um, everything was normal. And then I actually got fired from that bakery. I think they just didn't, I just don't think they, they didn't like me, to be honest with you. Um, and they were, they were, they were guineas from the other side. I mean, like we, they were, they were hard asses, just like my family, the guy, you know, the family, but I understand, you know, we understood each other, at least on that level, you know, immigrants, like I'm a first generation, you know, they were straight off the boat, like my parents. So there was that, but I think we had a few words a few times and then it was just, you know, money might, must've been tight, whatever the case may be. Uh, they called me one day and uh, they were just like, Hey man, come pick up your last paycheck, whatever, whatever. And I was like, okay. So, um, you know, obviously having dinner with the family, buddy, obviously uh, it was like a Saturday night. We were all, I probably at buddy's house, to be honest with you. And, um, you know, it was like, uh, oh, well, you know, I got a, I, I got a spot and it was either him or Joey. I don't even remember to be honest with you. It was like, come do deliveries. And uh, it was definitely him actually come do deliveries on the weekends. And uh, you know, I was 17 turning 18 in high school. And uh, so I started doing deliveries on the weekend. And then um, uh, he was like doing the, uh, uh, you know, uh, cake challenges on, on food network and things like that. Uh, and that was like his first TV exposure, him and Mauro and stuff. They had a good TV presence. Long story short, they ended up liking him. They said, film a pilot episode and, um, you know, we'll see if we can make something happen. So filming a pilot episode, uh, they anticipated or they expected and anticipated and wanted like a 0.7 television rating, right? Um, which is like 700,000 television sets, which is like how they rate it. And uh, we ended up getting like, I don't know, 3 million or something like that. So they were like, holy shit, like there's something here, you know? So they ordered 12 episodes, if my memory serves me correctly, excuse me. And then, uh, <clears throat> I mean, the, the, the season did killer. You know, my, my, my first exposure though was not like day one, season one, it was episode one. It was like, I don't know, six, six episodes in or something like that. And that was like the most, that's what everybody still talks about. That's um, when I dropped the cake, but that was, that was like, that was, um, that was staged. That cake was already delivered. And, uh, and that was kind of like a mock-up. They just needed some shit to, you know, go down. And, uh, and so I'm sure you have, you've probably seen that episode. I, I literally have never seen an episode of that show. I've, never seen that, right? I've seen, like, I saw a clip that had you in it. And that's all I remember. And I was like, holy shit, it is actually him. Like, I, I never didn't think you were lying or anything like that. But it was like, wow. Seeing, it was like the first time I think you, you know, we were watching uh, Tough and you saw Q on there. You're like, holy shit, that's Q, <laughs> you know? That's my homie right there. Exactly. Like, I actually know that guy. So, but it, I just remember too, while you were telling that story, that that's how I first figured out you uh, were actually somebody from the show is I went to your Instagram to like tag you in something or, or, first friend you I don't remember what it was and you had like 11,000 followers or some shit and I'm like what the hell is going on here who is this dude <laughs> you know yeah and, so, sorry uh, did interrupt your story but go, go ahead keep continuing no 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 that that totally makes sense and uh I don't even remember where that where the hell was I I was talking about uh oh so about six episodes in I dropped the cake uh anyway eventually a little after because I mean you know filming's filming but like then there's you know 
day-to-day operations or whatever, but I was only working for them on the weekends at that point. Um, but they started needing help, needing help in the bake shop because they were getting busy. Um, and, or no, excuse me. I don't want to back up too much, but I, they needed help in the bake shop. I, I, I had said, yes, I'll start doing that. So I was kind of delivering, but learning the baking end of it. And, uh, and then with, they shot the pilot episode. I wasn't actually a delivery driver at that point. I was already baking. But for character development, I was pretty, I was a delivery driver. And, and actually, I wasn't even the main, like, guy for that. At, they, they had another guy, Stretch. We, we called him Stretch. His name was Kevin. I think his name was Kevin. I don't remember. Yeah, but we called him Stretch. And uh, he ended up getting into a fight with Mauto and getting fired. He kind of had a mouth on him. Um, but anyway, they, so they used him for a few episodes Then he got fired. And then, uh, they were, uh, I was obviously delivering more because we were a guy down and, um, they just needed, you know, they, I, I did well in the camera. They, they liked it. They started saying, Hey, we need, we need more of, you know, X, Y, and Z cousin Anthony fighting with buddy or get, getting yelled at or cousin Anthony going in there and starting some shit with Mauro and Frankie and everybody. Cause I was pretty good at that. I was pretty good at just kind of going in there nonchalantly starting some shit, just pushing people's buttons. And um, so they, they would always be like, Hey, go in there and just like, just start, you know, poking around, start poking buttons or whatever. And then, uh, you know, so that's kind of the gist of it. And then uh, the seasons were rolling on. They ordered about 40 episodes, uh, like third season, I think. I mean, that was crazy. And I've done some crazy shit now. I rode a, a, a bull, went skydiving. I'm talking about a real bull. I rode it for 7.9 seconds, actually. I think eight is like. Wait, I was going to say, isn't that like uh, pretty close to like legit pro riding? Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, it was, a re- it was a retired champion bull, but dude. That's a, reti- it's a bull. What are you, retired? It doesn't matter. It's a bull. Dude, I'll tell you because. If you ever step on, a, you know, you look at them and they're like, oh, you know, that's a, that's a big, that's a beast, right? That's a mm-hmm. big monster. When you step up, so you don't actually like, it's not like you get on a saddle and then you get on. Right. They're in, they're in like a tiny little area enclosed. You've seen it. Mm-hmm. And you're on, you're, you're on a stand above them, like a platform. And then you have to climb over and, uh, and you step on it. There's no, there's no like saddle or anything. No. So you have to step on this fucking thing. And, 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 you know, it's like, it's dude, it's hard. It's like stepping on a car. And then I was sitting on it and the whole time leading up to it, I'm like, all right, well, everything is like, you know, don't do it. But I'm like, I'm going to do it. You know, you have to keep telling yourself that. Mm -hmm. So you sit down, they strap one arm in. And so I was actually training jujitsu at this point. No. Probably so came in handy. It sure did, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> and it's because, and I think I was getting close or just got my blue belt, something like that. And um, what they told me was, in the reason you're going to fall is, so think about jujitsu when you want to like escape or something. Somebody's on top of you. You don't want to like do big motions, right? You want right. to do like small little ones to mm-hmm. break the rhythm and then get like the machine it. gun. Yeah. It, yeah. So that's basically what they said is the bull is going to try to break that, that, that rhythm, that plane that you want to maintain. And basically what, what you want to maintain is one arm in the air and a, and a straight back. And you don't, you don't want to fold your back when you buck forward. You want your back to stay straight and you want to 
go forward and back with a straight back, right? The moment, the moment that you fold your back and break that plane, then you, you lose that rhythm and you get chucked off. <laughs> and so jujitsu helped me because I was able, well, one, I was stronger in my core mm -hmm. because my cousin actually did it too. He went after me. And he was a wrestler in high school, but he didn't, he didn't really do anything after that. And he didn't last nearly as long. Mm -hmm. And um, he almost got his nuts stepped on. Oh, Jesus. Dude, I thought they, I thought they were gone. <laughs> and so, so I had a hockey helmet and I had a, I had a, uh, like a basically like a vest, mm -hmm. uh, just a padded vest. It wasn't like anything crazy. And, uh, and cowboy boots and jeans. And so I'm riding this thing and boom, I'm focusing on don't, don't let your bend, back bend. Mm -hmm. and, and then I bent it broke me and immediately I was like oh they were right and I was, <laughs> I was like holy shit they were right and so I flew off and I was, I was immediately like okay and, and that was the other thing with jujitsu I was able to get up and base you know I was able oh, to yeah, just yeah. quickly get back up and I was like all right where is this tank of a thing of a monster and dude, those uh, rodeo clowns are your homies, dude. They were they they had gotten it. They distracted it. I I was booking it out of there, bro. And I was just actually I didn't even really book it out. That's how in control they were. Um, now I don't know how much of that was because it was a retired champion and it mm -hmm. maybe you know, like kind of like an older older man, you know. He's like, all right, I'm I'm gonna let this guy go, you know. But it was it was a surreal experience actually. Um, I would do it again for sure though. Nah, man. No way. No freaking way. I'm not doing it once. You're going to do it multiple times? No freaking way. I'm not. You wouldn't do that? No. God, no. I'd never do that. I have Stop. nothing to prove to that bull. That bull is a bull, and I'm a full-grown man. It's cool. You could have it, bro. <laughs> yeah, but your Muay Thai skills, you could just clinch it and knee it. <laughs> if I can clinch and knee a bull, I swear to you, I, I would quit today and go join. Uh, I'd go straight to the top of UFC. If all I have to do is clinch, I can knock out a bull. I feel good about the skills of that, man. That actually would be really good and impressive. I, it'd actually be terrifying if I think about it, like by whatever physical, uh, like by the law of physics, if you're knocking out a bull, you're probably going to kill a man. If you actually knee him, there's no way a normal dude's skull could take that impact. He's out. He's gone forever. Well, we saw what happened to what's his, uh, uh, Askren, right? Uh, yeah. Oh no, not ask. Well, he got knocked out. What's his name? The guy that like literally caved his front. His front oh, no cyborg. Yeah. That was cyborg. cyborg. Fought, uh, MVP. Michael Venom. That was a knee. Yeah. Wasn't it? Yeah, flying knee right there you into go. the skull. And, and Cy there you go. I'm in here in Miami now. Cyborg's here. That dude's no joke, man. That's not a little dude. No, <laughs> I know. I know him personally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never actually rolled with him, though. But actually, wait, you're in Miami? Yeah, man. Oh, well, then I could just come on down there. Let's go roll over there. Over at uh, Fight Sports. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll shoot him a text. Uh, so what's up, man? Yeah, like I said, I went by there once when I was trying to pick a school. Uh, but I ended up at the Sperry's just because fight sports is a little bit further away and they're expensive, bro. They're expensive as shit. They're good. Don't get me wrong. They're worth every dollar. They're, they're a really good school. If you want to be a really good competitor, I mean, I'm not really sure of their culture there. I do, I do know that he takes the competition very seriously. Uh, it was legit, man. Good, good size classes, good size mat, uh, good different people of different weights. You know what I mean? So that's always good too. So it was legit. I had nothing, nothing bad to say about it there at all. Just for my schedule when they have their classes and the price point, I just wasn't trying to do. That's all. Well, we miss you, Sal. Yeah, man. That's, that's, that's always home, bro. No, no gym that I've ever been to. And I've been to literally, I've trained in uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, you know, in the middle East and like all over the place. You did. Yeah. And there's no place like home for sure. GTS will always be home. Do you like Tampa better than Miami? Oh, man. 
I like the people in Tampa better than Miami. But again, that's not that's not to say the people in Miami bad. I just no, haven't I, had a lot of chance to experience a lot of it. And the people that I met in Tampa obviously are like some of my family. You know what I mean? Uh, so uh, I, Miami weather is better than Tampa by far. And maybe maybe it's because of where I live. Like I said, I live closer to water, so I get a breeze. But dude, it's way too fucking hot in Tampa. I, I don't so think well, people appreciate that. <laughs> you know, Ian told uh, it's very hot in Tampa. Yeah. I, I actually prefer the cold, uh, so I'm in the wrong state. But yeah. um, I'm a I'm an uncle to a new nephew, so I'm kind of solidified here as at least for a little while. But who knows? Maybe I'll like do a van up and do some driving and stuff because. I, with my skill set, like as far as what I do for work, like mm-hmm. I could be completely remote. I just need internet. You know, nowadays, yeah. dude, you could set up in a in our in a RV or some shit and just travel the U.S., mm-hmm. which is something I'm interested in. Um, but yeah, dude, we miss you. Uh, I didn't find out until Ian told me actually, and I was like, dude, yeah, that's right. I haven't seen, Br- but you know, you were in Iraq. Oh no. Uh, Qatar. I went to Qatar twice. You were in Qatar. So you have been gone for a while, man. I just kind of got used to not seeing you for a little yeah, while. Yeah. You know what I mean? Then you'd pop in and, you know, it made me sad because then we had those crazy nights too, that we would go out way back when we were younger. Dude, that's why, that's why you tell me stories about you writing a book. If I 100% believe it, you, you don't have to convince me that you did. Yeah, Cause that. you know me. Yeah. Like I've you almost, down. Oh, at my apartment, almost losing an eye because uh, I won't say who you can, if you want, but somebody threw a sign at you. Joe, was that Joe? No, no, it wasn't Joe. It wasn't Joe. It's a uh, mustache. Was that Ryan? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ryan Mitchell, that cocksucker. Well, dude, a, you know him. You know all his did. self-defense stuff. He, like, he so, threw a fucking sign at me. You, I think he called you. If I remember the story correctly, he called you and he's like, hey, dude, uh, when we get to the place, I want you to come at me with your baton. Because that was back when you, I don't know if you still are, but you were carrying the baton. I had the baton. <laughs> and then so... You came at him with a baton and just screwed around, and he picked up one of those signs, yeah. like a lease here or something yeah. like that, and threw it and almost took your eye out. I got back to my apartment, and you're bleeding. I was caught. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I forgot about that. Oh, I mean, needless to say, we were all pretty drunk, so. Uh, but Because I don't even know why we took, like, we took, like, three different Ubers or something like that. We didn't, we weren't in the same car. I don't know what happened. There was a lot of nights where we didn't know why we did what we did or whatever. Yeah. But 2020 hasn't been like that. I know that. No. No, it has not. There has not been nearly as many parties, and I certainly haven't seen anybody bleeding from the eye recently. <laughs> but is Miami is Miami like shut down and all that? Uh, not as much as it was. They're actually, I think, in the next couple of days, they're opening up indoor dining again because again, it's Miami, so they've had people eating outside for, dude, I think June since June, uh, we've had people like restaurants been open like for at least outside eating and stuff like that. And there's a restaurant right here, uh, not far from where I live, and I walk past it all the time when I walk my dog. Uh, and they have like this table six feet apart. You're not allowed to have more than four people and everything like that. But it doesn't Dude. matter because where they are, there's a million people walking by. Dude, I thing. think it's all so stupid, bro. It's what just a, the whole thing. You mean the restaurants have like all the safety protocols? Well, I just think the whole COVID thing is just dumb. I'm not saying it's not real. I'm just saying it's dumb. Why like, say that? Well, for the same shit that you were just saying. Mm-hmm. Like it's all this arbitrary rules. It's like, well, dude, I just, I want it. So I want, I go to Fuzzy's Tacos, right? This, Wait, what? I, I don't you know, know Fuzzy's Tacos. That's not a real name. Yeah. And I'm not paid to say their name and don't go there. <laughs> no, That's a real name though. It's a real name of a real place. Fuzzy's Tacos. Yeah. It's right here. And I'm not even going to say where. 
All right, so, I'll circle back, but that's a ridiculous name. <laughs> I thought so too. Their tacos are they're okay, but so I went there on a Tuesday. Tuesday nights I teach Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu uh, mm-hmm. at, at Gracie HQ, so it's a gi class. You know me, I love the gi. Mm-hmm. So then I went and got tacos, Taco Tuesday. So anyway, I'm going in, and I don't wear my mask anywhere, bro. I'm not about it. I don't. I'm not about it. I don't. Fuck, I don't believe it. Mm-hmm. You can't force me to wear shit. And uh, not to mention, we already complied and shit like that. It's yeah. like, oh, all right, shut everything down. All right, well, we did. It's like, well, guess what? And, and the, did you see the CDC, new, the new CDC numbers? It was like. You muted yourself. It was like 10,000 people that actually died, a little less, from just COVID. Everybody else had a comorbidity. Everybody else had a comorbidity. Right. So I'm not saying that's not as damning as people think it is, though, right? What isn't? The fact that only 10,000 people died, or it was was, was 6% of the people that died from COVID. But that's not as bad as it sounds because that's how like AIDS works. That's how a lot of these diseases work. You die from a comorbidity, you don't die directly from it. It weakens your immune system, and then something else comes in and takes you out. Okay. So why don't we shut the whole economy down for everything else? Well, see, here's my, here's my take on that, because I agree with you. I don't think you can play both sides of this, and I think that's what our government continues to do. All of the governments, let's say, because state governments matter. This isn't a federal issue as much as it's been played as one. Uh, if you're going to shut shit down, you have to provide people a way to live. But they did both. They shut shit down and provided nobody a way to live. So that's the thing. If you're going to open shit back up, or so let me reverse that. If you're going to not provide people money to live, then you do need to open it. Because one of the things that I do agree with that people have been saying is, you can kill people with COVID or you can kill them economically. And you've been killing people economically as well. So I think you had to pick a strategy and stick to it. And the government didn't do that. They were half foot in, half foot out. And that doesn't help anybody. Who, who do you blame? Uh, to be honest with you, I blame, I wait, blame, and this is, again, this goes across all aisles. So don't, don't take this as an attack on Republicans, Democrats, or anybody. And that they're all, they're weak-willed. They're weak-willed. They have no backbone to do what they, because here's the thing. If you are somebody who believes we shouldn't shut, and shouldn't, shouldn't shut anything down, nobody's forcing you to. Why did you? Why are you shutting shit down? And if you do believe somebody should uh, shut things down, then shut it down and provide people a way to live. But we didn't. We had both sides of that. We had people who shut stuff down because they believed it. And then they provided no way for people to live and said, oh, you'll be okay. Because yeah, because you'll be okay. And then the other people who didn't want to shut stuff down and then did so uh, through their teeth, you know, through gritted teeth, and then still didn't provide anybody a way to live. So you played it in worst way possible because you took too long to shut it down if you were going to do that. And then you didn't economically help your people. So is it any surprise that people are resisting in the way they are? You fucked them. You didn't do your job. You know what I mean? I don't think there's any winners in that. I think everybody sucks on that. Wait, what do you mean resisting? What do you mean? You said people are resisting. Oh, so people are resistant to the, the things that they have put into place or even the things that they're recommended. You know what I mean? So, cause I get, Oh, oh well, yeah. I mean, it's all, it's all backstepping. I mean, it, like you, okay. So we can just circle back to, Oh, well, let's circle back to the fuzzies example. Cause no, this so we, ties no, in. You got to call it something else. I'm not going to be able to straight face it through that. The taco shop. Thank the taco you, shop. You. I right. went to the taco shop. It was Taco Tuesday. So, uh, and so this goes back to what, exactly what you just said about people not taking the protocols seriously because uh, of, well, information. Mm-hmm. And so I go in there and, you know, everybody has a bulletproof glass now in front of them. 
So hey, if you if you've ever eaten a chicken spot in the hood, that's not new. I think I should do with COVID. <laughs> Where I'm at, I'm not in the hood, man. So, <laughs> but I so I go in there and she's like, and the the she immediately seems hostile to me, and you know that's the other thing is like people think they, I'm not gonna get derailed. So she's like, she's like, uh, do you have a mask or something? And she's like, well, I can't serve you. And I'm like, how do I eat with a mask on? And she was like, oh, well, when you sit down, I was like, nobody in here has a mask. I said, well, they're at their table. I said, well, ma'am, I was on my way to my table and you stopped me. So you're saying I'm allowed to have a mask when I'm not at my table. So, so I didn't want to stop to talk to you. I was going to go to my table. And, you know, she'd make a big deal about it. And she literally didn't serve me. Mm-hmm. She, fo- she did not serve me food. And there was nothing else. Of- I'm not saying I went hungry, bro. Like... You know, I could go to a 24-hour McDonald's, you know, but this is America, dude. And it's like, dude, you didn't serve me food? When well, see, it doesn't make sense. It's like, oh, so you mean when I walk by, so nobody, because they're at their table, no one can get COVID. Agreed. And, and the, here, here's right? what I'm yeah. saying about that. Those protocols are done for economic purposes, but enforced in a way that, like you said, that don't make sense in the sense that, <clears throat> excuse me. Those people, when they're at their table, depending on how they're separated and how everything's going on, they're not going to actively be in, uh, in the six-foot distance and in all the safe protocols and everything. So you're enacting a protocol. It's a Band-Aid. It makes people feel better, but actually does nothing. So that's doesn't again, do shit. They need to figure out what shit. they're doing. Dude, there is no figuring out. I'm not going to say names, but I agree, I, agree with, I agree with we're all adults. There, we, we all have to look at the facts and be honest, and then we have to say yes, just like any other disease. There's a, like, for example, if you're immunocompromised, you don't want to get the flu. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But I get, there's, like, there's probably COVID 25,000 that we don't know about. Like, there's millions and trillions of viruses and diseases all over that we never even know. We have, we have uh, uh, immune systems, right? So I'm not saying we didn't have to shut down or anything like that, but you know, we figured it out pretty quick with modern science that, hey, this isn't as deadly. Not to mention, the numbers are being fudged. People were uh, dying of like car accidents and getting COVID uh, related, or uh, excuse me, saying it was from COVID. Um, if if they had COVID or they, they were thought to have COVID and they died from something else, they would say it was COVID. So there was a lot of that going on, you know. Um, and so, yeah, of course, yeah, you may so I was denied food in the United States because I didn't wear a mask. I don't go to Publix with a mask. I don't go to Walmart with a mask. I'm not going anywhere. I've stopped going to places that, you know, like, I won't go to Fuzzies again. Every time, dude. They're never going to have told you. I can't straight face that name. That's ridiculous. Oh, I, I won't go to that taco <laughs> shop again. Look, here, here's what I'll say for my own perspective. I do wear a mask. I wear it pretty much everywhere. Uh, the mostly because that is shown to help reduce the spread of it. And that's all that matters to me. And I'm not going outside all that long and I'm not going to places anyways. And like I said, most of the time I just have uh, my groceries and things like that delivered because I have Amazon prime and I just have everything delivered. You know what I mean? So, but I think again, I think from what you're saying, the distrust of the systems that we put out there and the information and everything like that, I don't think that that is, that is something we're going to be able to manage going forward. And I have fear about that because COVID-19 
has a relatively, because everything's relative, uh, low kill rate, but it does Extremely. kill. It does, but it kills way too many. And that's a problem because I think, again, if you extrapolate those numbers, right, 1% of the population, excuse me, 1% of the people who have COVID die from COVID or a comorbidity due to COVID. So if you're saying 1%, in America alone, that's 3 million people. That's too many fucking people to die, right? So what we are saying is all we have to do is get the right protocols in place, but because of the speed of information today and the speed of, uh, excuse me, and the level of distrust for our government and our government. Dude, it's less things, than 1%, by the way. It's around 1%. No and way. even it's, it's less than 1%. Based upon what? Let's check. That's what I hear. See, I don't know. Let's go to the CDC. Want, look, since we're recording this, if you want to, I can just share the screen and we can look at it at the same time. Or you can, you might be able to share no. the screen too. Uh, yeah, I probably could. Either or. But just keep talking while we're doing that. Even if you just want to look it off off screen, it's fine too. But let's say it's 1% from what I've heard and we can look at the other, the actual kill rate and all that type of stuff. But we have to keep in mind the danger of this disease is that it, has actively killed somewhere in the ballpark because we can argue over the the fudging of the numbers and everything 160,000 people in a country that shut down to try to stop it from spreading at all Dude. so did right, you dog. drop something no this this dog is he's <laughs> bugging me man these live streams oh dude i guess i it's why i keep my uh keep my dog outside i know better because you'd see so, a random ball of fur come freaking flying out of screen, like as he sheds on me. So, 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 regardless of, uh, I guess I could, I guess I could go look it up. But. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's not a big deal for right now for the purpose of conversation. It's, if we want to share it's totally, screen, Google, we no, can. yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do that if we need to. But totally, it's yeah. really not. It. So I believe, and due to things I've seen and heard, that it's less than one percent. But we'll get to sure. that. But either way. It's like, dude, how many people die from alcohol? How many people die from tobacco? How many people die from car accidents? How many people die from the flu? How many people every year? How many people? I mean, dude. Dude, we've been training jujitsu. There's 60 people in class. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say where. Well, we probably already did. But, you know, there's X amount of people in class. And it's like nobody, either everybody has already had it. You know, or just, it's just like life as is, you know, like, mm -hmm. oh, you mean to tell me there's another virus out there? You know what yeah. I mean? Well, like, I are you, go ahead. I was going to say, I think that from what you're talking about is, and I think the point, the crux of the conversation for most people, including yourself, is what do you want people, excuse me, what are you forcing people to do and what do people themselves want to do? I think, I won't lie, people like myself, dude, I don't have to go outside. I work from home. I've worked from home for over a year. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I have a dog and I walk him in and I can have everything else I need delivered. So I'm in a very privileged spot where I can choose to say, hey, I don't, I don't need to go out. I don't have to go out and everything like that. But the reality is, go ahead. For the record, I'm in the same position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As far as staying home and working from home. And, you know, I mean, I, so, so that's good that we at least can, we meet on that playing field. So, yeah. so go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm just saying like, yeah, for, so, I don't want to get accused of it. And I, and to some degree, it would be true. It's like, I can say shit like, oh yeah, everybody should stay home because I'm not losing my job to do it. You know what I mean? So I don't want to, I want to be aware that there are people who economically need to leave their house. You know what I mean? And those people, they need to be safe. And so they have to do certain things. So I think that there's a, there's a balance that needs to be struck on the freedoms of America and the safety of American people. 
And so the problem is we were consistently saying to people, if you don't, if you're scared, if you don't want to catch it, something like that, nobody's forcing you to go anywhere. It was like, well, that's not entirely true. If you have to go to work, you have to do things, you know what I mean? You do have to go some places. And so then we have to just talk about what we actually expect people to do. And so I'm fine with it not being mandated to wear masks if I believe that people are actually going to wear masks. And here in Miami, it's finally started to turn. People are starting to wear masks here in Miami now. Now, that, but Miami was the hotbed of the world for a hot minute there of everybody getting COVID. And I believe yeah, it because I could look out my window and see just gangs of people just hanging out and doing everything and uh, not taking any kind of pandemic precautions into into account. You know what I mean? So, yeah, but we don't either. Who's that? You, you don't have to name that, names. I'm just saying, like, who's no, no, any of us that that yeah. train what we train. Yeah, and again, like I'm saying. I think that that's, you're allowed to do that. That's something that you as people, as full-blown American adult males or females and everybody else, uh, you're allowed to do. I'm just saying that it's something that each person has to balance for themselves. And my concern is that when people like yourselves, you do take it into your own hands. You're like, we do what we want and that's fine. But then somebody who has to leave to go do something can be at risk as well. So I think there needs to be a better balance struck. And I don't know what that is. I'm not going to say I have an answer for that. Like I said, for me, I wear a mask and I don't really go anywhere just on the chance of keeping people I have around me safe. You know what I mean? But yeah, I mean, I, that's, that's the common other side to, I think there's, but, but I'll say I, I'll serve you a fuzzy taco anyways, though. I think you're not supposed to say that. <laughs> I think, I think there's a balance. I think they, you need, I think that you need people that are are um, willing to rebel. You know, I mean it, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, like controlled rebellion. You don't mean like burning shit. I got you. I yeah, right. I, I I mean like like in specifically little things like I'm more. I think me not wearing a mask and having the right to just not wear one because I don't want to transcends like like if you want to wear one wear one i'm not mad at you what whatever this is america you can wear one if you want one but remember it's america and it's like i can't be forced to wear something i don't want to wear and i guess technically uh private businesses could be like well hey it's private business you don't you know we're not going to serve you and and i guess fine that's fine you know i i have to respect that too there's the other side, but the government can't be doing that. You know, private businesses probably have their way, you know, cause just like, you know, for an example, I can't, I don't want to be, you know, hypocritical. It's like, it's like when that um, Christian bakery or whatever, didn't want to make the cake for the gay, uh, uh, the gay couple. Mm -hmm. I'm a, I'm a, I consider myself a Christian, mm -hmm. uh, but obviously you know where I stand on that stuff. I'm totally fine with it. I think a grown adult should love who they want. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but I don't think that the bakery should be forced to, you know, there's not to mention that they had been serving that person for years, knowing that they were gay. It was just that the specific marriage thing they weren't. So anyway, not to bring that into this, I don't want to be hypocritical, meaning that I want to maintain a consistency in my, in my, my thoughts. No, I get and you. so, just like they have that right to not do that, agree or not, they can have that right to not serve me, agree or not, right? Mm -hmm. But that's totally fine. But the government 
cannot mandate do they cannot i don't that's just and so my point was you need you need people like me that that keep that in mind for the rest of us that that are maybe not thinking that of that way and then saying hey you know i'm just trying to protect everybody around me or you know but me i think that i'm maintaining my right as an american and you're right i'm fighting for you know like you fought for our rights you know in the military but you know i played all, i played dress up for your rights i didn't fight anybody <laughs> we could talk about that too i got thoughts on that you know yeah, yeah, yeah. And th- and things like that but so so you know but regardless i respect the fact that you served mm-hmm. so um and and but every citizen has every citizen has a duty you know not military or not has a duty to protect our and generations to come's freedoms i really well, believe no, and I know you do. And I'm like I said, we've known each other for a while. So even on the disagreements we have, I know you're a principal, a man of principle, which I respect. You know what I mean? Uh, so I guess my question to you, and I mean this in not like a baity way, I really want to know your answer on this. Uh, where does that line between protecting the the people and uh, the the rights of the people? Where where do we go with that? Because again, so and the reason I bring that up in this specific situation is because we're talking about something that is a a public health issue. So while you're not wearing a mask, it's your right to not wear a mask. At the same time, it can, I don't want to say infringe on somebody else's right, but it can put somebody else in danger, potentially, if you caught COVID and spread it or something like that. So where does those, where do those two lines merge? Where are they, where do we get to? Governments uh, can't control us too much because we don't want to be in a place of tyranny or anything like that. But at the same time, uh, where we're actually protecting our neighbors and things like that, where do you think that balances? So the, you know, I'm not going to be this, you know. Dude, how many monitors do you have? I've seen you look at like eight things here. You should see my setup. I got a standing desk, everything. I'm in, I'm in software development, man. I like this stuff. Remind me to come back around to that. I've been meaning to ask you about your business because I know you started one, uh, what, a year and a half, two years ago, something like that? Um, no, no, dude. So that, I stopped doing that. Yeah. All right, right, right. Let's not get off track. I want yeah, to no, answer your yeah, question, yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Let's, let's circle back. Let's circle back. So do you know that quote from Ben Franklin? I do. Uh, I almost said it, but somebody corrected me recently said that Ben Franklin may have not actually said that. Like somebody said it. Some, it's definitely a real quote, but it may not have been Ben Franklin. It may just have been attributed which, to which him. Which one do you think I'm going to say? The uh, men who are something about trading security for freedom or freedom for security. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I totally believe that, man. And, and, and it's, really, it's really true because um, this could, this could deviate. I think we're doing, a, I think you and I are, are good at keeping things on, 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 on pace, but, um, are on, on the right, on the same subject, but this could deviate. I don't know. Between like the globalists and all the, you know, that whole thing, you, you know what I'm saying? There's, 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 there's all of that too. Right. And so we have to really be, we can't be naive to think that America is 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 not uh impenetrable like okay so you got russia you got china you got iran you got the internet no one's gonna fight us kinetically no one we just spent two trillion or whatever on our military no one could beat us militarily we just started the space force so the chinese and all these people they're gonna just do things like on social media it's uh even lincoln said we will if we falter it's from within right like something like that and it's because divided, united we stand, divided we fall. All these basic principles stand true. And so 
if you have if you have a communist regime that is uh, skilled, it's their it's their mastery to do this to 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 persuade masses of people with propaganda and all these things and generations of kids and all, look at North Korea. It it the stuff works, and we can't be naive to say that this can't happen in America. You know, and it starts with little things, and that's why they want to. That's why they want to. You know, take the Second Amendment away. You know what I mean? Or regulate it to the point where it's just impossible. You know what I mean? So there, I think that it's our duty to hold the government in check because don't forget, like you said, where's we? Where do we draw that line? We draw that line, not the government. We are the government. People have forgotten because the rhetoric has changed. It's like our leaders. Hold on. Technically we're the leaders you know what i mean like I, we elect them to to uh represent their constituencies around the country which everybody thinks different around the country if this was europe we'd have 50 something different countries not states you know what i mean i i would actually like that a lot only because again you and i both have enough money to travel so i'd love to know that i was going to a different uh country by just crossing a freaking line a couple feet away you know what i mean that'd be a lot I mean, nicer yeah. i get no. i'm so jealous of europe for that dude you, you have you been to europe before i haven't i i only went last year so i'm not trying to like one up you or anything like that it's very recent but it's it's crazy you can get like a an hour flight two hour flight and you're in a totally different freaking country you know what I mean? Like it takes six or seven hours to go from New York to LA and it seemed to basically the same uh, BS, you know, but I do wish we had a little bit of that. I'd love to go to Georgia and it'd be like a whole other place with like different landscape, excuse me, different architecture, different food and stuff like that. But it's just different fried shit. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you get, you get, certainly it's different. It's, it's, it's. And let me be clear, let me be clear. I'm joking. I'm not, I don't really want America to be a bunch of different countries. No, I'm, jo I'm joking. I know. I'm saying that in conceptually right the cultures are different state to state people think differently some are more religious some are different religions more than others uh so yeah people are going to think differently and so that's why you have those people that are elected to say hey you know my area is not real cool they're not really down with that you know and so in my opinion i think that um i think both parties are really not that good. And, and, uh, but, but I do think that the left has become infected with a Marxist communist mentality. And I, and I, I really think, and I don't know if you know who Glenn Beck is, um, but he just put out a, he just put out a whole thing that like BLM and like all those organizations have like curriculums. Cause there's been, there was a whistleblower in the teachers union, multiple that have come out, there's like over 8,000 pages of curriculum of this stuff. And it's just crazy, man. And so I really think that a lot of people are just like, so you, we have it so good here that we complain about stupid arbitrary shit that people are naive to think that they're still not power hungry people. You know, it can happen. It really could. I'll say this. I agree with the base point of people in America are way too comfortable. And one of the things, again, I, why I say this all the time, just so everybody knows, I'm not trying to uh, have any stolen valor. I, I deployed to one of the richest countries in the world. It wasn't a war zone. It's never going to be a war zone most of the time uh, for a lot of different reasons. But just the inconveniences I went through with deploying, you know, being away from friends, family, not being able to, uh, for the most part, wear what I want or do all these things or whatever, was more than most Americans can fathom. 
just because they have, they don't have that level of sacrifice and everything. And so I, I agree with that sentiment. However, I would say that I disagree with where we are with how those different things are spreading. I think we're seeing people's ideas uh, starting to be shared more because one of the things that people lost sight of, I think is social media made it easier to share. It used to be, if you, if you piss me off, right? You're a company and you piss me off. I have to write a letter. It takes work and I got to get a stamp. I got to go down to the uh, post office, mail it and everything like that. Most people didn't do that. So, but they were still annoyed. They just didn't say anything. It said something to people locally. Now people can share something on Twitter or Facebook or whatever else. And now people are like, oh, it's an uprising of opinion about X uh, uh, category or whatever else. And it's not true. It's just people bitch because it's way easier to do now. I don't think Twitter is an accurate representation of... Uh, uh america it, but it's not a representation of america because if i quote it for a story i just i can show you five ten whatever it is posts and say oh people are saying this but that's out of like three what is it i don't know how many users twitter has it has to have like 100 million or something right i don't know some some crazy number 200 million 300 yeah. million so you're talking about infantiles infantilely small percentage and they're like oh people are saying and that's how they can get that thing started and now people are like oh well that's stupid i want to go out and i rail against it and stuff and it's not an accurate representation of how people feel because it's a, again they're just sharing it. it doesn't take them much time to do that and that's and they're on to the next thing you know i don't know i don't know how you feel about this stuff but and you know for the viewers whatever truly i don't you can attest we haven't talked about it. i've never asked you this um and it's nothing out of it's nothing crazy. It's 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 like with you know, there's it's a lot of crazy. It's not authentic to you, and I don't like it. There's a lot of misinformation. There's a lot of fake news. There's a lot of people that claim to be journalists. That I mean, it's just totally. Uh, it, it it was that there was a lot of like really slanted opinions going around at posings for news, but. I think it's just so obvious now that people lie. I think people lie. And, and, um, and there's a lot of misinformation and propaganda going around. And, and the goal is to divide us. I think the goal is to divide us. And, and what's really sad is that I really, I really, I really believe that united is the way, but the ones, the ones that, you know, say that they want to unite really don't have that intention. Um, and so I don't know what your thoughts are with all the, oh, and that'll tie in with, you know, the China and, you know, uh, Iran and all them with social media and fake news and things like that. I don't know how you feel about that, you know, like where people get in their bias and they just not seeking out truths and fact checking and believing the fact checkers. So I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Here, you're in charge of this because you got me on my soapbox. So you have to get me off of it as well at different intervals. You can't let me just keep running. So the first thing I want to say, because you've said it twice now and I'll get in trouble if I don't correct you. It's Iran. It's not Iran. It's Iran. So I'm going to get in trouble if I don't say that. Fair enough. But, all right. But anyway. I stand corrected. <laughs> Thank you. All right. So um, I, I, my base principle, man, and there's gonna, this can make some people mad, and I hopefully I can explain myself before they, they stop tuning in, but uh, I don't believe that there's a, a, I don't believe there's a meaningful amount of people who are actively trying to divide us. I think, and my base, uh, my base answer for a lot of stuff when people ask me is, people are stupid. And that comes from every level of it. You're talking about your bureaucrats, you're talking about people who are uh, working at a local store, everything. 
people just simply are not that intelligent and they don't think stuff through because they're busy. They have, then they're surviving. They're doing stuff. Go ahead. Do you think they're not intelligent or do you think that people don't put the extra effort into, to really, um, like, do you think it's laziness? Cause I think people generally speaking, if they put the effort can learn what they want. I agree with you on that sentiment that people are definitely lazy and laziness is a huge part of it. Uh, but I, I, here's the example I go back to. I think we think of an intelligence and people being smart as a pass fail, but it's not, it's a comparative measure of intelligence. So naturally that means that people are going to be, you have, if you look at the world as a bell curve, right? Um, you're going to have half of the people or something like that below half of the people above. So by that very uh, definition, most people can't be smart or intelligent because they have to be above that line, right? It's a comparative measure because think about it, Neanderthals, uh, Cro-Magnons, all the different various forms of human apes and stuff like that, they're all smart for apes or for a Cro-Magnon or for a Neanderthal, but they're not smart for a Homo sapien. No, yeah, there's totally different, there's levels in the spectrum for sure, right. but we're not saying, you and I are not saying that the people that we're calling like lazy and dumb, mm -hmm. we're not saying that they're, you know, 87 on the no, scale. No, no, they're not exactly, retarded. Exactly, exactly. You know, yeah. you could see, you could, you could seek truth out. Mm -hmm. I'd like to say, when I say, when I say laziness, it's not necessarily from a, a moral failing or anything like that. They're just busy. Like, here's what I'll tell you. When so I was, are we. <laughs> true, true. But I, I think that we are blessed with uh, the desire for that knowledge. And maybe, maybe you learned it somewhere. Maybe somebody taught you to do that. But for me, I was just a curious kid. But not everybody is, you know what I mean? And I think that for me is why I look stuff up. Like anytime I see somebody share something on Facebook or Twitter or whatever else it is, uh, I, my first step is go, huh, and I Google it. I Google it for myself because one of the things that happens is news sources can be biased. People who share them can be biased. Data can be wrong, like all those different things. So I try to Google it first. And reality is I can't do that for every single thing that comes across my, uh, my page, you know? So I, I think that, but I think that's where most people are. So you take that and you combine it with what you think you said before, the bias. What happened is we thought that the internet was going to be uh, controlled and we were going to like be blocked from seeing different opinions and stuff like that. And what happened actually is that it's so big, we go to the corners that we trust and we know we're going to hear something that feels good to us. And so people create these pockets and these echo chambers of uh, and confirmation bias kicks in. And I only look at people who agree with me. You know what I mean? Uh, if, you, if you saw the post when I first put this up to start trying to have these conversations, I wanted to find more people I disagree with because I used to have those conversations all the time. You know what I mean? Well, we disagree on a, on, on a fair amount of things. But, but we, just, we agree on the number one thing, bald and beard. That's all that matters. Bald and beard is sexy. <laughs> Sorry. Because, yeah, you're, great. you're right. We, we, we definitely, and I don't even know if it's, it's because, see, that's the other thing. And this is, the, this is another thing that I really believe. I think that the, so the classic liberal, I've learned this recently, the classic liberal and the classic conservative uh, in principle all agreed on the same thing. They all fought for America. We were all, they were all cheering for America. Mm -hmm. We all wanted safe neighborhood. We all, we like, like I'm saying um, back kind of, you know, 15, 20 years ago, whatever. Mm -hmm. But even more, even beyond that, it was, it was always pro-America, the message. Right. It was never what we've seen now where we have elected officials. And, you know, I contest some of the elections, but it was never what we see with 
elected officials blatantly hating, criticizing, like our kids are being taught to hate this country. It's scary stuff. And it's not like conspiracy anymore. It's like, it's, it's, why are all the college kids thinking the same shit? Why are they all shutting down other points of view? Why, you know what I mean? Why does it take the, colleges used to be the, the liberals were the ones who fought for freedom, for, for diversity of thought on college campuses in the 60s or 70s. Mm-hmm. And now it's the left that are shutting down the free speech because speech is hurtful. Uh, I'll say two things in response to that. One, I do think that there is a, the appetite for disagreeing opinions has lessened, but I also think part of that is the way the messages are delivered. You know what I mean? Like right now, like you said, we've disagreed a few times on this conversation. We'll disagree a few more. We've disagreed in the past. We're disagreeing in the future, so on and so forth. But in general, neither you or I are being disrespectful to one another. And I don't think a lot of people are able to do that anymore. You know, they, Why? they Oh, man. That's, whew. I think at some point in the past, and this, again, just my personal perspective, people got a mindset that saying exactly what you think all the time is exactly how you should behave. Instead of saying, hey, let me deliver a message in a way that actually gets my thoughts across without disrespecting somebody or without going to some extreme or immediately shutting somebody off because they, they disagreed with me on this point that I think is a, uh, like a human rights issue or something like that. You know what I mean? I think that we've just lost the appetite for it. And again, I think quick t- communication has allowed some of that to happen, exacerbated the problem rather, you know? Uh, and then second to that, I'll say that I think that having political parties is ridiculous because uh, not because of the parties themselves, but because anthropologically speaking, to my understanding, humans tend to be tribal. So as soon as we create a tribe, we fight against another tribe, no matter if it's in our own interest or not. And that's what I see with a lot of people, like I said, when it becomes liberals and conservatives and stuff, and that's what they see. They see a liberal, they see a conservative, whatever. Instead of just, if you put up a blank sheet of people's opinions on things and just had to go pick, pick, you know what I mean? That's what it's should hopefully be but i don't think that's realistic either i'm not naive i don't think you could do away with parties completely but but that's but that's why america were the experiment worked was because we had we had i think conceptually you can't you can't get away from the mob right of the collective right so the reason it worked was because even though we had parties the fundamental concept was always the same it was pro america it was let's move forward. Let's yeah, we had racism, and um, sure, does it still exist? But in in probably it it's exacerbated. But we always said we always wanted to come together as a country and move forward, and we always wanted to better each other. And um, I think it's changed now. I think there's a mainstream, and and don't forget, it's not supposed to be Democrat Republican. I mean, there's an I was a registered independent. Uh, until only a couple years ago, because I, I I wanted to be able to vote in the in the primaries, because in Florida in Florida you can't if you're not registered one or the other, which is See, stupid. I, and I agree with you. you sh- that shouldn't be the way it is. But I'll tell you the one of the greatest parts about not being registered, uh, re- uh, Republican, Democrat, uh, whatever, is I get the messages from both sides of it, and it's freaking hilarious. I love it. I I get the pro-Trump messages, text messages, and I don't know how they got my phone number, but pro-Trump text messages. I get the pro-Biden text messages. I get uh, the emails and everything. I love it. I love to see the sides of both of that and what they're saying about each other. And it's what's funny is I know for a fact 
that the organizers of each campaign are on the mailing list for the other person's campaign. And so you'll see an email come out and they were like basically respond to an email that was sent before to people like myself who are independent. It's freaking I never crazy. thought about that. That is kind of funny. You know, as crazy as shit is, man, I know that you are always a little bit more liberal. So, but there's a lot, of, and, and I don't mean that in a bad way. And I just mean that leftly. You take that back, you dirty bastard. Oh my God, I'm sorry. So, so what I'm trying to say is that the disagreements that we had were never like these huge things. They were always just kind of fundamental purpose, same, how do we get there different? So, and that's what, that's what it used to be, but now it's totally different. And I think that like what you were saying with the messaging and all that, the messaging is clearly changed. And I think that the left has kind of left the traditional liberal and Democrat. I think that the, the, I think the right umbrella has grown. The, I think that the middle has shifted so that like the traditional liberal is considered like right now. And so my question to you is knowing you and having our conversations in the past, have you maybe changed your perception on certain things or certain people or certain parties or or anything in that sense, given what, given everything that's transpired. And I don't know how much you've been paying attention or to what, but the messaging has definitely changed. And I, I, I'd be curious to see if, how you stand in, in the current climate, because I know that you, I, I would say that you voted for Obama. You don't even have to tell me you were pro Obama. Uh, I, yeah, I definitely voted for Obama, but to, to be fair, uh, for me, the straw was Sarah Palin. That's what finally got me. I'm not, I'm not even joking, dude. You have to keep in mind, I was active duty military at the time. John McCain, you know, rest in peace, uh, great man. Uh, he wasn't so healthy. So as an active duty military member sitting there and thinking about the fact that Sarah Palin could be my commander in chief, fucking terrified. No way, dude. There's no way I was going to have that happen. So. I never had that perspective at, from like soldier's perspective or whatever, you, you know, uh, branch of the military, whatever, anything like that. But um, sure, that's fine. Sarah Palin is your, yeah. All right, you sexist <laughs> bastard. You're not allowed to say that in 2020. Hey man, uh, Condoleezza Rice. <laughs> I serve under Condoleezza Rice any day. I'm just fuck, I'm just I know, I know you are. are. I was just trying right. to make sure I so, could throw out a name there quickly. So, <laughs> so, so, <laughs> hey, yeah. hey, respect. Condi. So go ahead, so go ahead. I, I'm curious to know, has your position changed at all uh, given the extreme rhetoric coming from one major party? Well, I'll say that I don't think there's extreme rhetoric coming from one major party. I do think that the extremes are being put to the forefront more. And the reason I say that is, depending on your view of how things have shifted and everything like that, we can, I think we can safely agree that Joe Biden's not the most progressive candidate that was up for election or, or excuse me, nomination. You know what I mean? There was, um, sorry, Bernie Sanders, of course, who is a declared socialist. You had Elizabeth Warren, you had... Uh, Which they have a manifesto now. Yeah, of course. But uh, so with all that and everybody saying, oh, the, the, the Democrats are super liberal now, they're super left and everything, they never put forward the leftist candidate. You know what I mean? Lower like the candidate who's more left. They always put together some middle candidate. And let me, uh, let me ask you this, because I think you'll have the same perspective I do. Do you personally know anybody who's excited about Joe Biden? 
No. <laughs> yeah, nobody. No, and not, not only that, it's like you can't ask somebody that isn't a free-thinking person like you and I, you can't ask them why they support him without mentioning Trump. Accurate. I think that for most people, that's pretty accurate. So what I, I will say is that I don't think my positions have changed a lot on overall where we are. I do think that I continue to look at things case by case, uh, and I'll never change that. It doesn't matter. Like I said, I, I didn't vote for President Obama because he was a black dude. That was not the reasoning that got me to vote for him. Again, a lot of people did. Yeah, I'm not disagreeing with that. I think a lot of people did. But I also think as a veteran, John McCain, man, POW at the Hanoi Hilton for, what was it, two years, I think it was, got his shoulders dislocated so bad they never healed right and all that type of stuff. The dude's a gangster, man. Uh, was, I should say, I guess, but he still is. Still a gangster. Any of the stories about the Maverick are dope. But, um, but I think, again, I, I think it comes down to and what politicians are very good at. And this is the thing that I wanted to get back to, and I apologize for rambling and going on in a bunch of circles, but I think we have let things become so political in this country because politicians needed them to be and the media needed them to be. Because if I ask you a question and your first response or thought is, well, that's a liberal or uh, conservative point of view, then we've already screwed up. You should be able to think about each thing as an individual case instead of going, what does that mean for me as my tribe or that tribe or whatever it is? Man. <laughs> no, no, Joe, you cut it and feel free. It's just going to say how much I agree with you. I think, I think that like, it's, it's automatically like, it's like, oh man, I love my guns. And it's like, oh, I know how he, th it's like, you're not allowed to be pro-gun and like pro-abortion or anti-abortion and uh, pro-gun or, so, or, or vice versa. You know what I mean? You can, like, it's almost like if you, if somebody hears you say this, they automatically pin you with this, 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 and this. And it's like, wait, and that's the tribalism you're talking about, the my mentality. And it's like, dude, I'm free thinking. Like, I'm for right and wrong. You know what I mean? And, and I'm, you're the same way. That's, that's your case-by-case -case basis. You're going to assess every case, and you're going to make your own decision on it. Uh, do you know who Killer Mike is? Killer or Keller? Killer, like, like murderer. But not what it stands for, but that's his, his right. No, I, I, I do not. So Killer Mike, uh, government name Michael Render, uh, is a rapper. He got famous. Well, he's been famous for a long time. Obviously, he's a rapper. But he uh, got more famous recently in the non-rap circles because he gave a speech in Atlanta after, I forget the gentleman's name, who was shot at the Wendy's or whatever. He gave a speech in Atlanta that came, had a very uniting message and everything like that, you know, talking about not writing, not burning things down and stuff like that. But anyways, he's largely seen as a left-leaning person. But he is a uh, huge Second, uh, Second Amendment advocate. He's a big gun guy. He, did a, he got in a lot of trouble with the, actually the left-leaning circles because he did an interview with uh, Colin Noir, Colin Noir, I forget how you say his name, uh, one of the guys from NRA TV and everything like that. So I think that's what you're talking about. That's a how fully, crazy is that? Yeah, but that's a, that's, a fully, that's a fully actualized individual who can go, I believe in guns, but I also believe in, like you said, abortion or whatever. I don't know that he does, but uh, he believes in other things that don't necessarily align with everybody who believes in Second Amendment type yeah. thing, So, And he should not, nobody should feel like they can't express their opinion. Nobody should feel that way. And so I think that, you know, that sentiment is shared more on the right. That, hey, we're willing to just, I mean, we don't have to get violent. We can just talk. You know what I mean? Like that tent 
is bigger, it's grown on the right to include the traditional liberal, the, the old Democrat. Like, it's just so crazy some of the stuff you're hearing now, man. Like, I, and like you were saying, uh, uh, um, Bernie Sanders, him and Biden have a, a manifesto they put out of specific checklist items. And it's like, dude, these things are insane. It's how are you going to pay for any of this? It, oh, you're just going to give free shit to illegal aliens. You know, you know, like things like it's like, dude, there's people that don't agree with this stuff. Like this isn't even American. You know what I mean? Like the rhetoric is just very extreme. Uh, it's not that it's not that we just disagree on how to get there. It's it's like blatantly anti-American now. There's no there's no more saying it's not. It is. It's like there's elected officials saying anti that America is racist. America is just irreputable. It's you know we got to tear it down. These are mainstream ideas, tearing down America, burning flags. It's like, dude, this stuff's nuts. And it, it scares me. It really does scare me. And dude, what's crazy is like, this is crazy talk, but it's not because this is going on right now. It's not that we're reflecting on something. This is current event. This is crazy stuff. People are writing and stuff. And like, that's not how, that's not how America's supposed to be, dude. Well, I'll say again that I think I disagree on that. I'm not, let me be clear here. I am not pro-riot, all right? No, by no means. If you Let's come, just say anti-violence of any sort. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying if you come to my building and try to burn it down, I, I'll be one of those people defending myself. But what I am saying is that I don't think it's, I don't think it's honest to say that America is not pro-riot uh, in our history. Our history is full of rioting. We riot all the goddamn time. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. So I'm not, I'm not saying that again. I'm not saying that's right. I'm saying that is American. It is very American to riot. No, to to protest peacefully is no, 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 no. To, no, 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 to no, riot, no. to riot is anti-American. I, like, I, I again, I would disagree just because I'm looking at our history and we riot all the time. Like, but it doesn't make it right. No, again, I'm not saying it. Yeah, like, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, I'm saying. I'm not condoning the behavior. I'm just saying that it is very American behavior to do that. We riot for a lot of different reasons. We rioted for uh, sports teams winning. We rioted the Boston Tea Party with riot. We had uh, race riots. We had the civil rights movement riots. We had, uh, of course, right. We had the Oklahoma massacre, the uh, the race riot in Oklahoma. We've had the zoot suit riots, which is a real thing. I don't know a lot of people know that. I didn't know that until relatively recently. I don't know what that is. So the zoot suit riots. Do you, you remember that song? Because you're about my age, I think. So you might remember that song. Zoot suit. Zoot suit riot. You've never heard zoot suit riot. Dude, how did you avoid the whole ska movement? Are you kidding me? Ska? Jesus. Dude, how old Dude. are you? You got you're my age, aren't you? I'm 30. I'm 30, but Oh, no. So you're, you're okay, you're younger than me. That makes that's fine. You get a pass. Here's his thing. I've never been real mainstream type of dude. Dude, it was like for five months, maybe. It was uh, a few different bands that came out and they like dressed like they're from the 20s. They and a zoot suit's like uh, a suit from the 20s. You know what I mean? I wore a zoot suit tuxedo to prom. They're dope. They're huge. They're baggy. They got chain wallets and stuff like that or whatever. Oh, they, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, cool. Yeah. So anyway. Speakeasy, bro. Yeah, yeah. The Zoot Suit riots were actually, uh, I forget where it took place, but there were riots where they were attacking anybody who was wearing a Zoot Suit, and it was like a racial thing. They, I think uh, 
oh man, I'm going to get in trouble for saying this, but I think I want to say it was like either black people or Puerto Rican people wore zoot suits typically. And so they just went and attacked anybody who was wearing a zoot suit, which included white people too. It wasn't just, uh, but they were trying to do it specifically as a racial thing. But anyways, the, the point was that we've had a ton of riots. So again, I'm not condoning them. I'm not making that behavior okay. But I am saying, looking at our, our history, we do that all the time. And that's something about us as people, I guess. I don't know. But what I am saying is that I don't think some of the messages are said in a way that is purposely political and it's made to get an, uh, an emotional reaction. And I think that clouds the messages. I think that causes a lot of us to look at this because here's what I will say. America has a racist past. America has racism built into certain systems and it still has certain racist things that happen. Uh, so pointing that out isn't anti-American. It's saying, hey, I want America to be better. But the messaging you're talking about makes it sound like it is because they need to, they only have, I've got five seconds. Uh, you know what I mean? Like I've got to add or whatever. I need to get you in those first five seconds. So I'll say something super crazy. All that, that clickbait shit. Yeah. So I, but that's exactly how our, uh, our country communicates now. And so the politicians have started to take it over. Do you really think that Joe Biden at, what is he now? 75, something like that? I have 72. No 72, yeah. So oh, no, 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 no. 78. Is he 78? Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's say anywhere between 65 and 85, right? <laughs> Somewhere in that range, right? 78. <laughs> yeah. But do we really think that a 78-year-old man is communicating that way if he's not a politician? In general, no. Absolutely not. And, I don't, and, and Joe Biden is not the one, dude. He's not writing I it. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. But, <laughs> but, but Trump's writing his. Dude, that's a lie. He's not writing a goddamn thing. He's saying a lot of stuff, but he's not writing it. He's not writing it. Trump? Trump has always been pre-politics and everything he is an off-the-cuff speaker that's one of the things he's always been good at and that's why i'm saying that he he communicates via twitter yeah yeah yeah. that's him writing accurate accurate i agree with that that ain't joe biden tweeting and stuff no 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 his speeches he goes off the rails all the time you're joe biden's campaign manager you letting him tweet right exactly no (laughs) see that's the interest and that's the interesting thing is that you you don't strike me as a pro-biden uh harris ticket guy like you don't strike me as being pro them and i know that you're not pro trump but there's a lot a lot a lot of people that obviously think trump's an asshole and says that there's uh that he says dumb shit Mm. which everybody kind of says dumb shit sometimes um but he speaks from he's like you say speaks freely he speaks from the heart he says what he means he means what he says is he a perfect guy no i'll be the first one to tell you that but um it the message is pro america it's come together it's and again if you're not if you're watching unbiased sources meaning you watch unedited speeches you watch c-span like i'm i'm a nerd bro i watch congressional hearings like Mm -hmm. i watch all that stuff and i don't catch it on other news sources i do watch other news sources but not for that i always watch i try to get it from the sources unbiased my opinion Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people, there's a lot of movements, dude. The walk away, Blexit, Lexit, it's the black people exit, the Latino exit, the, because, dude, they've been used by the left for, for so long. They've, I mean, even Joe Biden said it, if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. Like, I watched that interview. I didn't catch mm-hmm. that, that headline. I watched that interview because, I, like you, I watch both sides. And uh, I just think that that's blatantly racist. But the media covers up. They cover up all his, he said a lot of racist shit in the past, dude. Mm-hmm. He stood up in Congress and, and been like, oh, 
it's gonna, it's like a, uh, it's gonna, if we don't start doing X, Y, or Z, it's gonna be a jungle out there with all these junk, like, like racist shit. Like he has blatantly said racist things. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? And Kamala Harris, oh, excuse me, Kamala Harris. I don't, I don't care what you call no, her. Not, no, 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 not because of you, because I was, I, I'm not, dude, there's a lot of, honestly, bro, I've never even asked, are are you do you are you African American or are you are you mixed? Are your parents are you I don't know are you I've never even because it never mattered to me, but yeah. in this point that we're talking about it matters. Yeah, yeah. Are you African American or are you mixed? Are you I don't well, know. I am mixed, I am black and white. So Okay. So you may have a specific opinion on this whichever way, but mm-hmm. you already said you hated her. I can almost I can almost guess why you hate her, and it's because of her record on crime and things like that, and her her hypocrisy and her her actual really bad record against the the colored community. Yep, exactly, and that's why I was so hopeful that he wouldn't pick her. But again, at the same time, it's interesting because I try to look at things from a pragmatic perspective. In that, I understand why Joe Biden would pick Kamala Harris. It's a a try to make a more winnable ticket. Not specifically just because she's a black woman, but because if that I, is why though. No, I'm not saying that has nothing to do with it. That would be a lie to say it had nothing to do with it. But what I am saying is that because she was a prosecutor, because she was tough on crime, because of all those things, if I've said this since the beginning, I don't think people are looking at this the right way. If you're Joe Biden, if you're the Democrats and you run and run a campaign, it's not about winning the left. You don't have to win the left. The left is going to vote for Joe Biden. Through gritted teeth, through clenched fists, they'll vote for Joe Biden. If you have any hope of winning an election, you have to hope you could either get some independents who didn't vote to vote for the left or flip some of the right. That's it. And so how do you do that? You go with somebody who's not super left like Bernie, even though he had a lot of momentum and people wanted to vote for him, blah, blah, blah. You know, uh, you don't go for Elizabeth Warren. You, you go for somebody like Joe Biden, who nobody really wants, but he's kind of centrist or whatever else. And you go for somebody like Kamala Harris who both, again, yes, she is a black, uh, black and Asian, I believe, and I apologize if I got that incorrect, uh, a multiracial female, the first vice president nominee that's ever been a woman and all that type of stuff, first uh, woman of color to be nominated for vice president, because that's going to check a lot of blocks for people who need to vote that way. But then for people who may be considering flip, you look at her prosecutorial history. You look at what she's done. You look at how all that type of stuff, and that makes it a lot more palatable for people who may be about to flip. You go, oh, well, yeah, she's left on this, 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 but she also put people in jail. She believes in law and order. She believes for in low-level weed stuff. Yeah, oh, and do it and laughed about it. She, I know she did. Yeah, not like I said, that's why I was not a fan. I was very much against that pick for those reasons. Because again, you, I get it for the winner's play, but I don't give a crap about the winner's play. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's not why I'm voting. So we need to vote. We need to see what we lost is all of us to be able to put the personal shit aside and transcend what really, like what really matters is leaving the next generation a freer, more inclusive, equitable America than the generation prior. I'll say this in the great word, uh, the words of the great Bernie Mac. Fuck them kids. <laughs> no. Fuck them kids, bro. <laughs> well, no, then no. we're on the right track. Yeah, no, yeah, no, you're right. You're right, man. You want to, but I, again, I think I, I, you go back to what you said before. If we can get to a place where we can disagree about how we get there, but do so in a relatively civil manner, and we do so in a way where we're not trying to burn the whole thing down if we don't get our way. 
Because here's what I'll say about the Democratic Party. Uh, if I was a Republican Party, I would just keep throwing things in there for them to fight about. The Democrat Party eats their own all the time. <laughs> There's nothing more that the Democratic Party loves than to tear down another Democrat. They do it all the time. And See, this is... Please go ahead. Hmm. You're good. I was done. You were right. You read it right. I, I was, I was going to say, that's what's so interesting about hearing all this is that you, cut, you do recognize it. You know, you do see, you, you do call the bullshit. You see the bullshit. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And, and so, and I, and I think that there's a lot of people that traditionally wouldn't have seen it, not saying that that's you, but we've had conversations before, but years ago, maybe it, it wasn't so blatant. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But like to, to even hear you say that stuff, it just reinforces my thoughts that I'm not nuts. Like it's just, it's just out there. And then I see these videos on, on the, you know, um, on the, on the exit movements of liberals saying like, I actually just looked something else up one day and it was like, this ain't what I was told. You know what I mean? Things like that. And it was just like, wow, it is total propaganda. I mean, I've watched YouTube after YouTube video after YouTube video of, of people saying that like, Meg, I got, I've just, been so angry and everything's about race in the in the democratic party now it's always divisive and i'm this or that and black and you're this or that and who's who's held down it's like and then what they basically say is when i when i came to the other side the only thing that i recognized was i didn't feel tied down everybody was more everybody was more inclusive i was able to speak freely without being judged like like it's like a whole weight lifted off of their shoulders. I mean, the, I'm not making any of this up there. You can just look it up. The walk away movement, Blexit movement, Lexit movement. I don't know if you've heard of them. No, no, I have, but I, I'm pretty sure Candace Owens is one of the big, uh, she's the, well. I love her. I love her. She's I, the founder of the Blexit movement. I'll say I wholeheartedly disagree with you again there. I think Candace Owens is a shill of all shills. I, for who? For the, for Republicans, dude. She's a shill. I'm not saying, here's what I'll say. I don't know that she doesn't necessarily believe some of the things she says, but I definitely think that she is an opportunist and takes every, every chance she can get to re-spin things into her. But again, that's what they all do. That's what every, I, I'm not being specific to the right here. I'm just saying she does the same thing. I will, I will concede that I think sometimes I'm like, all right, come on, Candace Owens. I have, the, I have, I have those thoughts too, but I do think, and I commend her and I, I don't know how you see how you stand on this, but I do think she's done a, a really great service to the black community in saying, hey, you are American too. And that means that you could vote for whoever you want mm -hmm. and you need to be free thinking community, a free thinking American, and it's your duty to be free thinking. It's, mm -hmm. and, and you could vote for whoever you want and nobody could tell you that you're not black or that you're X, Y, or Z if you don't vote Democrat. Mm -hmm. And and there's only one party that says that. It's not the right. The right doesn't say you ain't black or Latino or white or this or they're American. If you, it's it's only one party that holds those people down. And that's the mess. This is my. That's the message that I gathered from the videos I've seen from all those walkaways. Is that. So that's how they feel. I'm glad you brought that back because that was something I wanted to ask you about as well. Have you seen the reverse of that? Because there is a video from the other side about uh, lifelong Republicans who won't vote, who are walking away from President Trump. 
Yeah, and I and so I think there's only but there's it, they're not like major. It's like one movement. What is it, the Lincoln thing or something? Uh, I'm not sure what what you're. They're not like major movements, and I think that they're just. I think so. Like, there's a lot of establishment Republicans that are like going away from the. You know, they're they're saying, "Oh, we're anti-Trump," because that's the whole point. Is we're trying to get the people that have been there for so long out. We need we need change. You know, mm-hmm. that's how Obama won. He ran on on cha- hope and change. Mm-hmm. People were like, "Yeah, we do need change." And Obama was saying some of the same shit. Obama was saying, hey, we can't have illegal immigration being rampant. You know what I'm saying? We can't have that. That is not good. for." He said the same shit. And now it's like, you know, the media was silent on that. And then Trump says it, it's a bad thing or whatever. You know, so they're really complicit in the divisiveness, in my opinion. Um, but the message of, of, you know, of divisiveness, in my opinion, also comes from the left because of the identity politics that they play. I don't consider you a person of color. I consider you an American. I consider me an American. And I'm an immigrant, bro, I'm a first generation immigrant. All mm-hmm. of my family's off the boat, bro. And they feel the same way. They're Americans, you know, they're Italian, but we're Americans, right? Mm-hmm. We, want us, we want everybody to succeed here, you know? And I'm very anti, uh, I'm very anti um, equality of outcome and I'm very, I believe deeply in equality, the opportunity. Right. But I, so here's what I'll say to this. And this is where I think the right gets some things wrong and how they either communicate this message or how they understand this message or the reality of the situation. Getting the equality of uh, the opportunity starts a lot earlier than we give credit for a lot of the times. And I think what you're talking about there, and I don't know your opinion on this at all. So feel free to jump in whenever you think I've misspoke for, for you or anything like that. Uh, but things like where we talk about systemic racism, which is a thing that I know is a hot buzzword for a lot of people. And uh, it means different things to different people. But what for me, I'm really focused on when I talk about those type of things and why I feel that the right is doing itself a disservice because the right is the, in my opinion, is the party that talks about uh, economic opportunity and how basically all your problems, well, not all, but most of your problems in life can be fixed by economic opportunity. If you get a job, if you get money, you know, do all these type of things or whatever. But those opportunities for those communities that have been oppressed for those many, many years and stuff like that or whatever, they don't just suddenly turn over overnight and they need that assistance to actually get there. So you're talking about equal opportunity, but you put this, uh, this particular community 30 to 40 years behind. And let me be clear here. I am not saying that the Democratic Party has done, its, done much more than pay lip service to some of those communities. Uh, as I've always said, and one of the things that I'm at ends anytime I talk to uh, my more left-leaning friends, I am not for higher taxes because if you, ha- if you don't know how to spend your money, giving you more of it ain't going to help. You have to learn how to take the money you do have and do the things you want to do with it. Uh, excuse me, do some of the things that we're asking you to do with it before I'm going to give you more. You know what I mean? So um, going back to all that, I just say that because I think sometimes, again, because we let politicians and the media politicize so much of what we're talking about, some things get wrote, written up as identity politics, when in, I think in actuality, they are real issues because of people's identity. But again, I'm not saying that it's not overused. I am saying that there is real issues that have to do with people's identity and does matter in certain ways. And both sides of that equation will use it in things that only benefit them and doesn't actually get to any root cause of anything. See, the, the thing is that, again, we agree on the, on the basic premise. And the basic premise is that we want to lift all up. 
but we can't have a comp, but we're able to have that conversation because we fundamentally agree that we agree on that. But what you're seeing now is that the left is, is, is blatantly outwardly saying that anyone that disagrees with them is a racist, is a, is a this, is it any ism and agony that you want to add. And there is a generation of people that, in my opinion, their brains have been hijacked in school by this stuff, that they're not free thinking. Um, and I'm sure education is a really good topic. We'd, we'd have a good conversation on as well. But politically speaking, we can't have a, a conversation when you're walking down the street and because you wear a red hat and it may not even be a MAGA hat. It might be a Boston Red Sox hat. And somebody's like, you racist fucking prick. It's like, how am I going to have a conversation? You piece of shit. And it's like, dude, you don't know anything about me. What are you talking about? You know, and how do you have a conversation like with people that fundamentally think that they're being held down by systems and that everybody that disagrees with their idea of whatever is a, is a piece of shit, fucking every name in the book. Well, the first thing I'll say is I don't think it has anything to do with a hat. It might just be your face uh, that people are yelling at. <laughs> but no, well, it wasn't I, me I was talking about. I know, I know, I know. I know you don't wear the hat too often, but or ever. Do you even have a hat? I, know I have you, a hat. I have okay. a bobblehead at my desk uh, at work, actually. Okay. I don't hide it, man. I don't hide who I am, you know? Dude, but uh, you, you were at the first rallies before he got elected. I remember. I'm, I'm very respectful. to, And that's the thing is, like, the right is... Okay, let me not generalize because mm -hmm. there's been. Yeah, you're about very, to get a million examples of that not being true. <laughs> I'm very, I'm very respectful to other opinions as long as they're not like blatantly just anti-America. Like we could say, like you brought up some examples of, uh, of uh, maybe some inequities, mm -hmm. and we won't even we won't even cite any specifics. But you brought up some inequities. It's like cool. Let's talk about that. And the basic premise is we need to lift everybody up. Mm -hmm. But let's talk about it, and we'll probably disagree on how to get there. Mm -hmm. But maybe we could try it your way for a little bit. Maybe we could try it our way for a little Let's not give a fuck whose way works. Mm -hmm. If it works, it works. Oh, but I think, I think that, like what you said, is that they're just talking points, and – in, and like you also said, they have done nothing for those communities that have always voted for them without question. They didn't even have to work for specific communities' votes, Democrats, and they haven't done anything for them. And they haven't done shit for them. All of the Democrat-run areas are impoverished, high taxes, high drug, high crime, and it's only getting worse. And that's not fair. Those are our fellow Americans. And there's, I think that, I think that the left, like you said, is just using those talking points of, of like lift, like equality and all that, mm -hmm. but they don't actually mean it. They just want power. And the reason that the whole machine is against Trump is because he's actually giving power, like trying to give power back to less government. He wants less government. I agree with less government. I think that the government should only be in charge of your national security and making sure that everybody that there's no specific state or rule that infringes on anyone's rights anyone's rights and so 
they, I think, less government, and that's why they hate him because he's not bought out by all these uh, like big, uh, for example, um, big pharma. They hate him, especially specifically because of that executive order that he just signed, the Favor Nations Clause. Are you familiar with that? No. What is it? So basically what he, he, he signed an executive order that said, okay, so basically uh, the, the pharmaceutical, like let's say, and I don't know, let's say Tylenol made in Canada, made in Germany or made in Germany in a plant in Germany, but sold to Canada for X amount, sold to it in Italy for X amount and X, Y, and Z countries for X amount, all different amounts made in the same plant, the same, same stamp, same everything, same batch, we were paying like 800% more, whatever percent, I don't want to say a percent and then I get fact, a substantial amount more than everybody else for the same exact thing. So he signed an executive order saying the rebates don't go to the middleman. All the, all the, all the kickbacks go to the, 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 the savings go to the, the consumer. And the favor nations clause says if, if whatever the cheapest rate you're giving to any other nation, we have to get that. That's the rate that we're going to get. And so they hate him for that. They're running, they're spending millions on ads, uh, uh, you know, for on anti-Trump and anti-Republican, you know, all the big pharma. So I think that's a great thing to bring down. And then also uh, all of the price transparency with the hospitals, they have to compete now, where an x-ray down the road costs $8,000, but it over there costs $300. So now you'll be able to price shop all that price transparency, it kicks in in January of next year. So it's just, you know, it's all, it's stuff that helps average people like us. Uh, and I just think that that, it, that message is never spread. It's always anti. I'll say this. I, I do agree that there is a lot more anti-President Trump uh, messaging put out than positive. But I will say this as well. I think that plays to the people who want to see it. I, I think that one of the things that I've always thought, and I thought you would get on board with this as well. Why do we have media sources that we openly accept or left or right? Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying if, if you wanted to go out and tomorrow and write a blog and it was you uh, Republican leaning, sure, be, be all, uh, have fun with it. I'm saying, why do we have major media sources that we openly admit are left or right? Does that make sense Good. to me? Dude, it's funny you mentioned that because it shouldn't be that way, right? They should all be neutral and you should go to the one that you vibe with the most. Like, oh, well, I like the way he presents the same message but, better. And he, here's what I say. And here's why I think a, a lot of America's problems are, is America, the way we pay attention. In a capitalistic society, uh, especially the one that we're, we're in now, attention is money. Attention is dollars. So that incentivizes our news sources to make things that we're going to watch. And what do they do to do that? They give us our confirmation bias. They give us the things that we want to hear, the echo chambers, the loops. And that's why people may watch Fox News or they'll watch MSNBC because they want to hear what they want to hear. And then they challenge that other news sources are inaccurate. Now, I'm, well, let me be clear about this. I believe that all news sources are inaccurate, especially in this day and age, because it's about speed more than accuracy. That's one and of the clicks. Yeah, exactly. That's why the newspaper was so strong because they had a deadline. They had timelines and everything. They would research stuff. I'm not saying they never made any mistakes, but they were a lot better than our current news sources are because they have to constantly put out news 24 seven. 
and that you just can't be accurate trying to beat everybody all the time. And I think it causes a lot of problems. So, um, but just circling back to everything you said, how I, again, one of the points that I will disagree on is that I do think that there are legitimate concerns and people who have those concerns with President Trump and things that there are to be concerned about. Uh, I don't think it's just all trying to take him down because he's challenging a lot of the systems, although I will say that there are systems that are, he is challenging that will try to take him down, but that's true of every president. I believe like oil lobbies for President Obama, you know, for example, you know, try to take him down. But um, I, I think the thing that President Trump has made happen that I, I don't approve of is some more of the, t the way that he communicates. The guy, again, the guy's brash. He always has been. I'm not saying you can't be brash. I'm not saying anybody shouldn't be brash. I am not a fan of that in politics. And let me go to, again, play fair play where I talk about because I try to be remain principled. I forget who, I don't know her name. Some Democrat got elected uh, in New York, maybe, New Jersey. I don't recall the state. Uh, and when she was like celebrating her, her, uh, Oh, elected. we're going to, we're going to impeach the motherfucker. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That was, that was, um, that was Minnesota. Minnesota. It was Minnesota. That's, uh, that is not a statement I expect to come from Minnesota. It was either, uh, well, they elected, uh, Ilhan Omar. Oh, we can get into that too. I don't think she's yeah. as bad as she's been painted, but I do think she has a lot of controversial stuff as well. But again, I think it's true yeah. of everybody, but so, anyway. so that was, uh, Rashida Tlaib. The woman who got elected? The one that said, we're going to impeach the motherfucker. Is that true? I, I got to look that up later. We'll look it up after we get off here. Cause was Rashida Tlaib. I, I remember it being uh, someone very, but anyway, since that's not the point. My overall point is that I don't approve of that either, but that's because of my own personal, how I believe my politicians should communicate. I don't believe that we should continue to let that line get drawn more and more to either side. And that's why I have such a problem. If you've noticed, the majority of the time where I try to say it, I try to say President Trump. It's not because uh, I'm pro him. It's not because I'm anti him. It's because I believe- it's the position. That's you know, not even specifically the position, but yes, that plays a part of it as well. Uh, just call him by the name and the title. It doesn't matter. If you're going to call President Obama, President Obama, if you're going to call President Bush, President Bush, President Clinton, whoever, how far you want to go back or whatever, just keep it the same. There's I no always said- to, There's no reason to start degrading the person because again- I go back to this. What is, what is one of the, and you'll, you'll like this as a play right into your hands. What is one of the favorite, uh, one of the favorite things that people call? They, oh, President Obama was called this. President Trump has definitely been called this. It is a, a person's name, but it's also a slur. An infamous leader from the uh, 40s. Not of America. Nazi. Well, the leader of them. Oh, um, Hitler. There you go. I'm, I, I'm not sure if I'm happy or sad that it took you a little bit to get it. Happy because it's not fresh in my mind. You're like, yes, I know exactly. <laughs> and like the, 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 the issue of mind, or excuse me, the book, exactly, the mind <laughs> come fall from behind you right now. So, um, no, but anyways, so we can accept that somebody's name can be an insult. So if that's what you truly believe about somebody, there's no reason to change their name. Their name is powerful enough if you don't like them. So I don't see why we have to get into that type of ridiculousness. Because again, Hitler now is an insult. It's actually a person's name. I'm sure there's, I feel really bad for them. They probably changed their name, but I am sure there's probably somebody out there who still has that name. There's definitely still Adolfs and it's not a great time for them. Definitely not a good time for them. <laughs> yeah. No, but it's what it represents. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's, uh, in fact, I don't think that name. I don't think that name, I don't think anyone names that. That might be outlawed in Germany, Adolf. I don't even know, dude. I swear That's it's not. Bad. I swear I think they're still, again, because 
this is going to be a really stupid conversation, but I, I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with the name Adolf, or for that matter, I guess the last. No, the last of course probably, not. But yeah, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to. Like, imagine if I'm coming to apply for your company, and you're like, "What's your name?" You're like, uh, it's uh, a. It's A-H? You're like, no, no, no. Say the whole thing. You're like, no, no, thank you. I'll just go ahead and not apply. <laughs> like, no, is, it, is it A-Aaron? Yeah. <laughs> A-Aaron? A-Aaron. No, nah, it's Adolf, Doug. But do you, do you know what that skit was about, too? A lot of people, I didn't know this. I, had, I read it somewhere. Uh, What's the, the, the one you're talking about, the A-Aaron, the, the substitute teacher. I don't. So that was supposed to be... Uh, a reversal of like when a substitute teacher would come to a class and couldn't pronounce uh, black kids' names. Oh my God. And so they were doing it like they couldn't pronounce the white kids' names. And then when he got to the black kid who I was named Timothy, he's like, oh, present. So he could pronounce his name. So that was like a reversal. I just, so I guess. No, do it. It's just contemplating it. Jump in. It's always, it's always, it's always like the black and white thing, right? But it's like people weren't saying my name right. Oh, dude, you, we started the show with that. Like, it's I, just what I'm I, saying. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like it's like oh, well, people aren't saying you know black people's names right because racism and, and America's bad and systemic this and that. And it's like, dude, everybody gets people's names wrong. Everybody like we all have the same faults as humans. Like we all. I just think the message is wrong, dude, especially when you have a generation of kids feeling like that, that, that they live in the greatest time ever with information and they could learn anything they want and they all feel oppressed. And it's like, dude, you're able to go out and say what you want to say because you live in America. So get to work, like go learn a skill, maybe be productive, lift each other up. Because I truly believe if everybody worked on themselves, to better themselves and educated themselves, then we would be friendlier to each other. I really, I really believe everybody worked on themselves. Stop worrying. If you're out, if you're always trying to change everybody else, you're not working on yourself. You got to work on yourself and then you can, you can be better and more understanding and accepting and empathetic. And you got to under, you got to really learn yourself as a human and you learn other humans through learning yourself. I, I agree with the parts of that sentiment. There's something you mentioned in there that I want to kind of uh, pick your brain on and let's get into and talk about a little bit. But um, one of the, my favorite people to read about when I was growing up was Malcolm X. And Malcolm X had a similar sentiment in the sense that he's like, let's build ourselves up. You know what I mean? That was, again, I don't necessarily agree with the, the religious component, but to be fair, uh, Dr. Martin Luther King was Christian and uh, Malcolm X was... Uh, Muslim, so they both had a religious component to their teachings. But the thing I liked and appreciated about what he was doing uh, was he was trying to build those people up. And again, he yes, he wanted to make the situation for them better outside of that. And he wanted to do all this other stuff for too, but he was building them up. So I do agree with that sentiment. But I did want to circle back and get your thoughts on systemic racism. And if you think that it is a problem, and if so, if you don't, then why not? But if you do, then we can go into that too, whatever it is. I just want to get your thoughts on systemic racism at all uh, as a concept. Uh, I guess I don't define it. We have to start from somewhere, so define it. Sure, and that's one. So first of all, you pointed out the very first thing that causes a lot of these arguments. The definitions are not set in stone. We can't go to Webster right now and look it up. 
but let's start it with the basic principle of any system that exists or is continued getting continued benefit from racist policies or racist uh, actions. Well, I would argue that um, affirmative action is racist. So that's a continued benefit because of, of, of race. And that's systemic. So it's interesting you bring that up because affirmative action, excuse me, I don't know how many Fs I put in that word. Affirmative action is actually an attempt to try to correct some of systemic racism. And this is some of the things I've gone into before because I think what a lot of people actually have problems with is not how affirmative action is written or enacted, it's how it's enforced. Affirmative action is only supposed to work if candidates are equal. And it's used as one of the determining factors if they're equal. However, we've seen it applied to raise a candidate above their equality. Now, again, and I don't want to get up too far off topic. Here. No, that's a good point. Yeah. And we can, we can talk about my opinion, because I'm on my opinion, there is some need to do some of those things. But let's I want to circle back to it again. Affirmative action is that way because of its enforcement. And I think we have a lot of laws that are that way that people don't necessarily disagree with the way they're written. They disagree with the way they're enforced. Uh, and so when we're talking about systemic racism, affirmative action is a result of that. I think Lyndon B. Johnson, uh, did he do affirmative action or not? You know, I should, this is why I shouldn't reach for it. If I don't know, so, I shouldn't but, reach. So, so, here's the, so here's the thing, though. And it's like totally, everything you said is totally fair. But it's like, th that's equality of outcome. No matter how you slice the cake, that's equality of outcome. And the only determining factor there is, is race and something you, that you can't control. It's not merit. It's not, it's like you said, if there's two equal candidates, I say we take it out. I say that you don't ask. I say that doesn't matter what your race is. What's your GPA? Well, that's a whole nother story because I don't think college is, I think college is a whole nother, especially nowadays, but you know, go on merit. What have you built? What have you done? What have you, you know, who are you? Why are you, are you deserving of this position? You know what I mean? I, but I don't think that you can't fight racism with racism. And racism by definition is just judging, some, judging someone or a group of people by the basis of uh, uh, an immutable characteristic, which is basically your skin color, things like that. So, Especially nowadays, like you said, writing a wrong. We fought, I know that this is a talking, it's really not a talking point, it's true, we fought a war. Americans have risen, risen up time after time to correct wrongs. Nobody agrees race, uh, slavery is, is, is good. Well, no rational people agree, right? So it's like, I just don't, if those people, I think affirmative action was, was probably good for people that ex maybe experienced it, right? But you and I, you know, I've experienced my own uh, um, what's it called? Not harassment, but um, what's the word I'm looking for? When somebody treats you, because like I was from New Jersey, I was Italian not victimized, not harassed. It means harassed, but it was because of me being Italian from New Jersey. 
I was treated. I know what you're saying, but I can't think of it either right now. I was treated a certain way. But anyway, it was, it was, when I first moved to Florida, I was just an Italian kid from New Jersey, bro. Like Italian, bro. Like really Italian. And I had the Jersey accent, you know, I, you know, my parents combed hair. I was totally stood out like sore thumb in New Jersey, dude. And this teacher gave me fucking hell, dude. And she was, she was a black lady and she really did. She made me cry a bunch of times. She did not like me, dude. And I, I'm, I didn't know it at the time, but now that I look back, it was because I can, t the things that I remember, it was probably because I was a white kid from New Jersey. But that doesn't mean that everyone's like that. And that doesn't mean that I'm a victim. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I rose up, I, like, I, I wanted to better myself and do things for myself. And that didn't, that's not going to stop me. You know what I mean? I'll tell you, this is an example, one last example before I let you go. Uh, meaning, before I shut up. <laughs> but I was trying to get somebody to do jujitsu. And... I don't, and, and, and it was my friend who was black and he said, I won't do it. And I said, why you wrestled, you'd be really good. And, and he said, well, I don't, I, I can't think, I don't, I can't think of myself calling somebody master, you know, because like we call him Matt, master Matt. And I was like, what, where do we live like who's teaching people these things right in 2018 why is that message you like what you didn't suffer from slavery you didn't like we're all equal we're all americans we're all we all came up in the greatest nation ever that has not it's not perfect but like what we're doing now we can converse and we can vote and we can change things peacefully it's like, where do they get these messages? You know what I mean? And I think it's through, I think there is systemic issues. I don't think it's systemically against um, what the message is being pushed. I think it's actually um, coming to be damn near flipped. I think that, I mean, women are being propped up like, like crazy and great. It's like, yeah, we want, like I said, we want everyone to succeed. But it's the narrative seems to me seems to be that if you're a white male, screw you. And that and and I'm not even like a good old boy, dude. I'm I I'm a minority technically. I'm a first generation American. There's not a lot of us, you know. But in the eyes of these people that push these narratives, I'm just I'm one of those you know racist white guys that doesn't, that shouldn't benefit from it. Like I shouldn't get any, any help from anyone, you know, it's, that's the way a lot of people feel. So what I'll say, just going back to the story about your friend, I do think that there are some people who have certain sensitivities to the words because of what it means to them. And a lot of, to be honest with you, man, a lot of people uh, outside the martial arts word, it is, they find it weird that we, me, a grown man, call a dude who's like, I don't know, he's like one or two years older than me, master, you know what I mean? So I, I do think that that is a, a very personal context of that. And so for him, that was something he wasn't willing to do. Maybe he had some, when a, a population is put upon in a certain way, sometimes they have reactions to those things that are visceral to them generations later because they were taught that. And I don't, look, if you don't want to call a master, then you can't train because of that, then 
you know, have fun, whatever that is for you. I'm not saying that, but it does, you go to, you can go to another jujitsu school. Not all jujitsu schools require that, but I'm not saying I obviously agree with that person because I, I trained under master Matt as well. And uh, master Rob as well. And, you know, and uh, it is what it is, but I think it's his own personal sensibility. And I think just like he may have learned everybody, maybe he didn't, maybe he just read something and you know what? I don't like that. Maybe he's like, I don't want to call anybody master when he's young. Cause he read about slavery, but, but we're going back to everything the reason that I find affirmative action an interesting thing to talk about is because I think people who aren't looking at the, uh, the data don't realize how ineffective affirmative action actually is. So affirmative action says, again, if we're two equal candidates uh, for either for school or for a job, we're allowed to use race as a dif uh, differentiating factor. But the problem is, if you look at the systemic racism and you look at all the kind of uh, ripples of all that type of stuff, it's so unlikely that a black person will be on equal footing with another person because education systems, because of redlining, because of, uh, uh, sorry, I'm losing my train of thought now, uh, but just anyways, but let's just start with redlining and education systems. It's so unlikely that they're going to have a fair shake when they're born that getting to that job interview or getting to that college application is not even on equal footing. And that's why I say, if you want to get rid of affirmative action, I can sign off on that. If we take it and we put some more in, uh, energy into the early uh, pieces of that for the different people in those neighborhoods. Because if you redline the neighborhood, they've looked at this and they've, the neighborhoods that were redlined back in, what was it, the 60s, maybe 70s and things like that, uh, they're still that way today. You know what I mean? The property values didn't go up equally with the rest of them and everything else. And so those property values or pay property taxes, which fund the schools, which then are also lesser, which then kicks in in that entire cycle. And then you have also the more subjective measurements that can be measured, but they're applied subjectively. Uh, of how black kids are punished, of how the legal system treats them, of how all these multiple systems treat them. So that's why I say it's so unlikely that that person will be on equal footing, that it almost makes it fair to differentiate. But again, that doesn't make it the white person's fault. That doesn't make the white person have to carry that burden of it. And so yeah. that's, and that's why you say we go back to, all right, if we're saying affirmative action is unfair for the white person in that situation, I can sum no, up. Not, not, no, see, it's not black and white. Well, yeah, yeah, sure, sure, yeah, sure, you're right. For whoever I mean, else it is in that situation, yeah. right? Um, my, my answer to that is you need to improve those neighborhoods because, and then that's how you can fix some of those systemic racial systems because it is still inordinately affecting black children. And that's the part where I talk about, again, redlining. If we could fix one racist policy that didn't directly involve slavery or voting and things like that, redlining would be my pick. Redlining, Sounds sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Sounds like you're in favor of school choice. No, not in the sense that I am. So let me say it this way. I'm not saying, yes, force you to go to whatever school and stuff like that. What I am saying is that school choice, you need to have a certain amount of money and resources to even make that happen. So it's not a realistic solution. I'm not saying I'm not for it. I'm saying I don't think that's a solution that effectively helps those who are so impoverished that they don't have that ability. So, but what do you mean? What, what do you mean? What do you mean? Because uh, help my help my understanding like, of school choice. Maybe I don't understand what you're meaning. So if you can give me just a quick blurb about so it. So basically, remember, think about growing up in high school and elementary school. How many schools were around you? There was a bunch, like relatively within the same area, but it wasn't. You weren't zoned for it, and some neighborhoods were nicer than others. And some schools had way more money than others. And I know that firsthand, actually. And 
So you don't have a choice as a parent. You can't send your school to the, to the nicer, more better educate, better grades, better all that school down the street, whether you're white, black, or Chinese in those neighborhoods. So that's the thing is we agree. Those zoning things, like people should be able to move along. I get it for the purpose of money allocation and things like that, but like for school choice, they're stuck to that school. If they're in that zone with where that school doesn't get money and things like that, they're able to send their kid to the better school down the road. Right now, they're, they don't have that choice. They're not able to. They have to send their child to that school zone or to that, to that failing government school, to that failing school. They have to send them to that. But then, so basically it encourages, it encourages schools to compete. Otherwise they're not going to get federal funding. They're not going to get, uh, so it basically says, Hey, Oh, and the other thing too is the government that they're proposing specifically the current administration is that the money that goes to those schools, they should follow the child. So we should empower the parent to say, okay, well, each child, the schools get allocated money based on the headcount basically. Mm -hmm. Right. At a, at a very core principle. It's how many children go to the school? What do you, what are your resources? What do you need? And then they allocate money based on X, Y, and Z. I don't know the actual algorithms or whatever, but so rather than the money just going blanket to the school, what they want to do is give money to the parents and empower parents to make those decisions rather than the government and say, well, you could send your school to, or your child to whatever school you want. This is the money that would would be for X, Y, and Z. You are empowered to spend it how you want, what you believe is best for your family, for your child, how they learn. Maybe you have a friend from child who's a teacher in that school and that's why you want them. You really believe that that's a great, whatever the case may be, as a parent, you should have that choice. So I, I will say that I think that there's definitely some positives there. <laughs> you would fight your dog? Yeah, he's a pain in the ass. <laughs> so I, I will say that I did on the surface and without knowing more about that uh, particular topic, I think that there are some positives there, but I will say that that is limited in scope because yeah. every school has a, a ceiling, right? Uh, I don't mean that literally, <laughs> but hopefully they do. But sure. anyways, uh, they have a ceiling of an amount of students they can admit. So in, in certain areas, there's one good school, right? And so if I allow them to choose, then it becomes a either a lottery system where who can get actually to that school. Uh, and then there's also complications with busing and all this other stuff. So my preferred solution, and again, this is what you're talking about. We're trying to go the same place, just different routes. Yeah. Is fix the other schools. We, I, I don't know why it's okay for us to go, oh, that school's just shitty. And we just let that exist and let that keep going. And, stuff. and at some point, yes, you have to have kids educated. You have to have, you know, it's a numbers game. You have to have certain schools, or whatever. but like, let's try to fix those bad schools. So there's just no bad schools in certain districts. And again, that's hard to do. I'm not trying to be an idealistic asshole here and say, yeah, just fucking fix the school. Why don't you just do no, that? <laughs> but see, it's, it's, it goes much deeper in that. And we've thrown a bunch of money at it and the money don't work. There's a lot of corrupt people. So some of that money lines people's pockets, uh, people that say they care for those areas, but truly don't like Kamala Harris, like Nancy Pelosi, they don't care about their districts, their districts are in shambles. But anyway, that's, that's besides the point that we agree taking an opportunity to jab a couple of people you don't like. I get it. I do. It I guess. Time. Yeah, it's technically right. But we agree. Those schools should get fixed, but those schools much. And, and I, I also say this about colleges they shouldn't, we, the money can't just be blank. Oh, here's money. Here's more money. Here's more money. 
they have to be held accountable. Like if the kids are failing, it's like, hey, you're not going to get money if your kids are failing tests. If if 50% of your of your kids can't aren't at the right uh, mathematics and reading level, like, and the curriculums have to be corrected. All this. Well, that's a, I'm not going to get into that, but the schools definitely, definitely need to get fixed. I agree with you. I do believe that school choice should still be a thing because parents have to make the best decision for what they feel for their child. And, and no one can tell them that not no government, nobody. Uh, and, uh, and I just think that, yeah, I guess I'll say, so uh, I think that diversity for the sake of, actually, no, I am going to say, because I've already expressed how I feel that I think no matter who, diversity for the sake of diversity is a bad thing. Like, and that kind of goes to the equality of opportunity and equality of, op, uh, uh, equality of outcome and equality of opportunity concept. If you're just saying, hey, have X amount of Chinese, X amount of white, X amount of black, just because, you're not getting the best candidate. And I think that a lot of school, a lot of corporate America and schools and things like that, I think that they're so infatuated with trying to see, fit this narrative rather than getting the, the best person for the job, no matter who it is, that that obviously shows in the teaching or lack of, I should say. I, I want to finish this thing and then I want to pivot out of this because what we'll do with us, we've already been talking for like two hours. Uh, so I want to finish that out and we'll go a little bit back and forth on this. But so what do you think about the fact that whenever we go to a meritocracy, which is what you're talking about, being put on merit and stuff like that, it immediately starts excluding people of color, uh, black people specifically, but all, all of them pretty much get affected uh, relatively we so that's why I, when I hear those words, I, I get nervous for a lot of people because every time we say that the best person for the job, well, that's the system that we have in place for a lot of things, and it keeps just being white dudes, and that's why they say again, I'm not attacking white people, uh, excuse me, white men uh, specifically, and I'm certainly not attacking the white people because my mother can kill me because uh, she's a white person, but um, I'm saying that the problem is whenever we say that you like you said, there's corrupt people. There are people who just inherently believe that if you're a, an other, if you will, um, that you just aren't as good as a white person. And so then whenever we start saying, hey, it should just be the best person for the job, and then it just ends up being white dude after white dude after white dude, how do we fix that system if you're not going to do something like affirmative action, or if you're not going to try to improve the opportunity for other people so they can be on the same uh, uh, ped excuse me, pedestal, no, excuse me, same platform, same opportunity, you know? Uh, well, it goes back to self-educate. So I, I think a lot of, I, I don't think we have a race issue in America. I think we have a class issue and it's being exploited as race and, and things like that. Um, because like we said before, or excuse me, like I said before, I think that there's people that gain power through, through us being divided. And so all you can't, you can't answer this question without at least saying some of that right because that all comes into play and so i um you can't legislate morality either so but as americans we we all have to have a principle that we the flat line that we agree with which allows us to thrive so what i would say to that is as a meritocracy as a concept doesn't exclude anybody. 
your argument is it's implementation. So I could say the same thing. I could just make the easy counter argument and say, yeah, but I could, the same thing happens on the other side too. But what I would truly say is show me an instance of it and I'll stand shoulder to shoulder with you and fight it. But we can't, it's kind of like the Corona thing. It's like, we all have to go, it's, we have to go with our, with the, the info, the data and, and make our own decisions as adults and things like that. And see, I'm, I'm much, I'm, I'm a big fan of, of personal uh, uh, um, like responsibility. And, and I think that we really have, we have to change the narrative and, and teach people that America is not inherently bad and Americans are not inherently bad black or white or anything like that and that we all want the same thing and if we change the narrative you know because you don't walk around like you don't walk around and meet racist people every day it's not that the average person is not racist they're nice people you know what i mean like in my opinion at least like where, where I walk around and, you know, I'm sure in Miami, there's diverse diversity all over the place. And most people are just nice people, you know, and it's the fringes that are controlling the narrative. And I think we have to change that. And that, that would change. Cause I don't, that's, that's my point is I don't think that the systemics like is as bad as it's being exploited out to be. I think generally speaking, people are good and they look past that. You know what I mean? You can't told, you'll never want, well, let's agree on this. You can't ever 100% get rid of anything. Correct. Agree. So, so if we agree on that, then we should strive for the meritocracy. Dude, because race relations in America were really good. Like in the, in the 2000, like, like it's never perfect, but it wasn't like what it is now. Like now everything is so really, is really, really divisive. And I think that just the average person, if, if you think about it yourself, looking at two job applicants, are you going to critique on race? Are you even going to look at that? No. No, I am. I'm a filthy damn racist though. So, but that you see my point. It's like, it's like, you're not going to, the average person is not going to do that. So we can't, we can't give the government more power, more restrictions because we want to legislate morality. We need to teach each other. We need to trust that each other makes the right. To, and if we see, if we, if there is a, a, a factual instance of that going on, which of course it happens on both sides. If we see it, then we need to stand shoulder to shoulder and say, that's, that's wrong. And, and, and that's obviously easy in principle, but. So I'll jump in here and I want to try to close out here and then do the pivot. And we got to talk again for sure. Cause we have a lot of good back and we forth have a lot, lot more things yeah. to go. Uh, but what I'll say is I think where some of the disagreement comes in and where it becomes very difficult is what is factual, what is an actual justifiable provable case of racism and things like that. Because what I say, when I go back to, again, uh, the idea of a meritocracy the meritocracy is a system that we claim to have had for some time. And that meritocracy continues to not uh, include people of color as much as it should. Now, when I say that is because looking at most populations, you expect to see a bell curve. You expect to see a general distribution, as they call it. Uh, and that should carry itself in some semblance, not one for one, but in some semblance, it should carry itself across all tiers of the population. 
They should see, we should see that in CEOs. We should see that in janitors. We should see that in everything in between, right? And not saying the janitors are low form or not something respectable. Uh, I'm saying that because it's not, that tells you they're generally speaking, there are outside forces that are making that not so. And that's the kind of things where we have to get better at saying, all right, if we're seeing that this data is saying that black people are not included it's at the rate that they should be, where I believe, let's we'll take something, for example, like a, um, just a C CEO population. It, there's very few black CEOs. It's certainly not 13%, which is about, well, that's not fair. Yeah, no, no, because black women could be CEOs, obviously, as well. So I don't need to correct that data. But anyways, uh, there's not 13% of black CEOs. And I'm not saying it should be exactly that. I'm not saying it should be within one or 2% or whatever the number is, but it's so far off that it tells you something else is going on. And that's why I have an issue whenever we talk about the meritocracy or talk about seeing factual justified stances on that is because it's so hard to prove. It's Except for example, again, I don't have to disinclude you because you're black. I just include a population that happens to have a high number of black people in it. And that's where those things get fuzzy along the line. So um, your silence is not saying you agree with me. I know that we have a lot more back and forth to go, but I just don't want to spend the rest of the, what time I wanted us to talk uh, on that particular topic. I'd like to give you a chance to, to talk more about yourself as a person and just an interest of mine. I want to know more about your business. Uh, what, what do you got going on and how long have you been doing it? You're still muted if you're. I didn't even realize. Um, so yeah, we definitely have a lot more unpacking to do for sure. Um, so yeah, I guess we will talk again, right? No, this is the last time I'm ever talking to you. You've said so Damn many things it. that I hate. We're done. We're we're yeah. turning. No, because I want to. I want to. I want to. I want to touch on on your last point too. Uh, yeah, absolutely, dude. I, I'm dead serious, and I don't mean. To, I'm not saying this to be a jerk or to be like. In, uh, write it down so we can touch back to. I need to get a notepad so I can start doing that because there's so many things you've said that I wanted to touch on, and I just kept yeah. didn't jump in and you know letting you finish and everything, and I forgot yeah. about them. Because I believe, because in, in in short, in closing, like you said, I believe there are systemic issues. We just disagree on where they're at, and we could talk. We could expand on that next time we talk. Um, but as far as the business goes, like you, that was the marketing stuff. Um, and, uh, I actually move on past that, dude. I, I wasn't really passionate. I wasn't like so passionate about it. Um, but I definitely learned a lot and I, I learned, I learned, um, I learned about, a, I learned about business some, but definitely what a lot of what not to do and things like, like every other entrepreneur that j takes that leap. Right. And, uh, but my passion, I wasn't really passionate about it. Um, and again, marketing is a lot of like, uh, it's super important. So I'm glad I learned it, but I actually moved on to like, um, um, web development and, and things like that. So I'm, 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 I'm learning how to code. Uh, I, I, I can say I'm a developer, but I'm not a web developer right now. I code for the purpose of testing. So like I, I work with automation frameworks, a lot of JavaScript, uh, SQL back in, I don't know if you know any of this stuff, but yeah, yeah. In, in my day job, I, uh, right. Um, almost everybody I work, I've worked with for the past four to five years have been engineers. So you're it sounds like you're talking about like test engineering, system engineering type stuff. Yeah. I'm a QA analyst, but I, uh, I would say I, my title's analyst, but I would say that my skill set at this point is that one of an engineer, a junior engineer, uh, and um, so, yeah, I work in, are you familiar with Scrum and Agile? <laughs> unfortunately, very unfortunately. A lot of meetings. Sprints and all that stuff, yeah. It's, yeah, it's yeah, so we work in two-week sprints, all that. Well, I didn't know, are you in IT? 
no, 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 no. I'm in a supply chain. So I, gotcha. I, I oversee a lot of different engineers and trying to make those things happen, but I am not myself an engineer. So I'm in, I'm in legit. I work with the company I work for is logistics. It's a third party logistics company. And we, we built the in-house software that we use. So it's all proprietary. Uh, there are some third party stuff that, you know, like, like things we use as far as communicating with different apps, but like the same app, it's, it's hard to explain. Uh, so microservices basically. And, um, so there's just some stuff you have, you just have to use. You can't really build on your own. And, uh, but yeah, so I kind of went that route, man. And I've been doing it for the last like year and a half or so. And I did say that by the end of this year, I was either going to be a QA engineer or a web developer. Um, and so that's one of my goals this year. And, and COVID actually, you know, thank God helped me do that because it forced me to stay inside. I wasn't able to train. So all my time went into, you know, uh, like Pluralsight and all those e-learning platforms and just practicing, you know, different coding um, um, websites that you can log into and, you know, learn, you know, different, uh, you know, languages like the basics of java so i just basically youtube's a huge help obviously i was on youtube all the time and that's what i mean by like with with this day and age with the internet and all that man you could just all that energy you could just put it into learning something you know and that that's kind of what i did and so i think i'm on track man i think by the end of the year i'll be able to say i can build a website uh back full, like full stack not even like i'm front to back that's, that's awesome, man. And I agree with you as the information's out there on the internet, because uh, probably about two to three months ago, I started getting super into uh, PCs, gaming PCs and stuff like that. And so I finally built one. Uh, like I'm in two the process. Ago. Huh? I'm in the process. Oh, dude, it's, it's so much easier, but so much more annoying at the same time. Like, it's, yeah, it's, it's great. It's easier than people think. I'm talking about in the process of selecting all the parts and God, that's a, that's a jungle. Oh, dude, we could talk about that all day. I got, I got some recommendations. I, mine's complete. It's a thing of beauty. Once we get off here, I'll show, I'll like show you a shot or a bit or whatever, stuff like that. It's right next to me right now. That's what I'm on. Yeah, yeah. But oh, so on that topic, did you see the uh, Nvidia cards and all that stuff that just got announced? No, but well, I saw it got announced, and you're the second person to mention it tonight. But what is so groundbreaking? It, it's so. It's not even specifically groundbreaking from a technological perspective, although it is. Um, the the uh, 3070, the RTX 3070, is a card that is more powerful than the current 2080 Ti card, which I believe runs about 1200 to $1,500 for just that graphics card, and they're selling it for 500 bucks. $500, and it's more powerful than anything that we have out right now, which is not usually how it goes from generation to generation. That's insane. Yeah. So how'd they do that? You know, I don't know. I'm, I don't know. I don't have that kind of technical background. You talk about real engineering there. They are doing some crazy, but, but what's funny is, and this is why I love some parts of capitalism, not all of it, but we'll get into that next time. Uh, because ah. they did that because AMD is trying to, is creating the big Navi cards and all that type of stuff. And they were trying to get ahead of them and they wanted to make their, their uh, graphics card way more consumer friendly from that price point. So they were like, we're going to make a graphics card that's so beastly powerful, but also drop the price and try to sell a million of these things, you know, way more than a million, but they're going to try to sell a ton of them. AMD is, is beating Intel as far as CPUs from what I hear. 
I have an AMD processor in this computer. I never thought I would you, say that, but the research, there's no way, man. You can't pay the Intel prices unless you're going like with an i9 or something like that. Because for, I got a, an AMD Ryzen 5 3600. Oh man, what did I pay for it? Probably okay. about three. No, less than $200. Oh really? Yeah. That's See, I'm thinking seven. I think I might go seven. What, uh, you mean so an uh, i7? Right, Ryzen seven. Oh, okay. Yeah, but dude, yeah, you got to go Ryzen. I went Ryzen 5 3600 and I got a 2060 graphics card in here. I could have gone more, but I didn't feel like spending it because the market's inflated right now. So you got to watch your prices. If I have a gigabyte. Uh, my GPU is a gigabyte 5600 XT or, or something like that. Oh, so the AMD, the Radeon? You got a Radeon? Radeon, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You went with the AMD card. I thought about doing that with the 5700 uh, XT. But uh, there was some, I think it was firmware issues that I read about that kind of gave me pause. And I was like, I'm building my first PC. I don't know anything about AMD graphics cards. Let me go uh, NVIDIA still. And so I did. So, but. Yeah. So I had a PC that was custom built here from actually one of the senior developers on my team. And uh, he and I are good friends. So he had an extra PC laying around that wasn't like a pile of junk or anything. He gave it to me. So I was using it, gaming, doing my thing, learning to code, everything. And then what the G, one of the, it was a th three fan GPU. So the graphics cards, third fan started squat, like making noise and wobbling. And I had to take it out and I bought that, that graphics card there thought it was going to be some plug and play. I'd have to maybe download some drivers or some firmware, but the PC ended up like, I don't know, something happened, dude. I don't know if a wire shook loose, but it ain't even turning on anymore. So I couldn't even use that card. And uh, so I got I either got to figure that thing out, but I think I might just, because I could reuse the power supply. So that'll save me some money. Uh, I could, I have some sound equipment that I, or some hardware that I can re reuse. I could, uh, I would need a motherboard, which I could actually, I'm interested in your thoughts. I would need a motherboard. I would need... Um, RAM. Uh, I definitely want SSD. So, but I don't know. I'm so. What I mean, give me your thoughts, dude. Because you know. Well, well, again, let's let's talk more offline on this for sure. But I, I recommend dual boot drives, uh, or dual. Excuse me, dual storage drives. Uh, go with the SSD. I got a 512 in mind, but then I have a two terabyte HDD because the price points are so ridiculous and you can use them for more long time, excuse me, long-term storage. Getting a two terabyte SSD is prohibitively expensive comparatively. Uh, but for that two terabyte, uh, hard drive I got, it was like 60 bucks. You know what I mean? For two terabytes. And I got a 512. Two terabyte? That's cool. Yeah, I got a 512 gigabyte and a two terabyte. You know what I mean? It's just not worth it to, oops, and I just knocked my pop filter all over the place. Uh, it's not worth it to go for the, the giant SSDs because the speed that you get from them is only necessary for like booting and for some other things. You can just put it on the SSD and then you can do the rest of it. That's a good point. Mm -hmm. But longevity too, you get them out of the SSDs. Well, depending, it depends. The HED is going to be fine for multiple years. And again, if I wanted to go to, once SSDs continue to drop, because uh, NVMe and everything, I went with a SATA SSD. But again, we're going way too far down the weeds now. We'll talk about this more later. But, Bunch of nerds. Yeah. But uh, so then let, let's just to, just to wrap this up, you know, before we, uh, we let you go, we started off talking about reality TV and we got heavy into uh, different political views and then racial relations and everything. And now we're talking about, coding and computers and stuff like that i say that's a pretty broad spectrum of things we got into so i love it i love that we went all those places so 
We didn't talk much about martial arts. We have to get into that more too. Right. Yeah, absolutely, man. Cause that's a, that's how we met. And that's how I meet a lot of really cool people. And that's a, a big piece of my life, man, that I, I, I want to get back to more. I have been out of training for a while now. So, um, but I, so you're going to be the first person I've asked to do this. I've asked other people to do something different, but we've talked now for over two hours. I want you to, to summarize our conversation in like one sentence. What do you, what do you got? How long do I have to think? <laughs> hey, you can think as long as we can talk while you think, because I can't have a lot of dead air unless we're going to yeah. cut this part out. You know what I mean? You could probably, you're good at editing. People are going to think you cut it out no matter what happens. I did. And then I'm going to say, that's where you said all the uh, racist shit. So, <laughs> so don't man, they'll come to my house. <laughs> so, um, I would say, um fulfilling in a certain way so it's been a fulfilling uh friendly um it's been a, f a friendly fulfilling uh experience with uh, reminiscing on some on some past that uh that we've definitely shared some good times and, and tumultuous times too, uh, including 2020. So I know that's more than a sentence, but it's been fulfilling, it's been reminiscent, and it's been, um, it's, it's good to have these, I don't have these types of intellectual conversations as much anymore. So it's, you know, it's good to have it with a friend too. So I spend, I spend hours on the phone with Ryan, dude. We should, have, we should have one where we do me, you, and Ryan, to be honest with you. Dude, I'm definitely down. That's kind of the, uh, the catalyst for this is uh, I, I talked to Jamie Adair once because he was asking me some of my experiences, you know, just growing up black and everything. Uh, and, and I just realized, dude, I miss talking to people. Uh, and I miss having conversations like where I know I'm going to disagree with somebody, which again was the kind of what I even posted in when I was looking for people to talk you to. You did say that. You want it. Yeah. Yeah. I want to be wrong. I'm not so proud that I can't be wrong in a public forum, you know what I mean? And that's what we got to get away from. The fact that you're wrong, let's point fingers, let's laugh, let's, let's make people feel bad. Cause that's why nobody is willing to be wrong anymore. I would like, I'm willing to bet that some people would rather die out there than be wrong in a public forum because of how much we don't let people have a soft landing go, you know what, I was wrong. And they go, see, it's okay. And then you know, let me just come in, let's talk some more about it or whatever. That's all it really takes, you know what I mean? But anyways, yeah, I agree, man. It's been great. It's been definitely great catching up. I, that's why I looked at the time. It's like, holy shit, it's been two hours. I had no idea. It didn't feel like I it. wasn't even looking at it, dude. Yeah. I, I just, I'm a full disclosure, I just want to watch the Lakers play. So uh, that's all it was for me. But, that's um, why you're rushing me off? Russian, we've talked for two hours. Like, I like you, but Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. But, but dude, yeah, we definitely got to do this again, man. It was so much freaking fun. Uh, I loved hearing about the stuff that I never really asked you because I didn't give a shit. I wasn't friends with you because you were on Cake Boss, but I am interested to hear more about it. So, well, not now, but I'm we could, I was going to say, obviously, man, I, I could talk about, you know, things like that for hours if you're interested, but I wanted, I didn't know how much you wanted to hear and stuff. So, no, it, dude, it flowed naturally. I think we're good. So, but anyways, man, like I said, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy day to do it uh, from what I assume is hell based upon your background. <laughs> but, but you look like you're trying out for a Slayer fan page. Let me see. Watch. <laughs> oh, oh start. Wait, 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 wait. There it there is. There you go. The there you go. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's dark back group. there, too. <laughs> All right, boss. Thank you so much, man. Like I said, I'll get in touch and we'll do this again for sure. And we'll try to get Ryan on there so he can explain how he almost took out your eye. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, cool, dude. I appreciate you having me. 
All right, boss. Talk to you later, man. See you, dude. Thanks for checking out this episode of Starting Nowhere. If you want to catch more Starting Nowhere, make sure that you like and subscribe. Also, for those who aren't aware, we're also on Spotify now, so check us out there.